0: Ooh, take a deep breath, folks. We can all breathe a little easier. It's the Uticast, episode 113. We are back, and this week we are joined by Travis Oliveira of the Illion Public Library as He joins us uh, to talk about setting libraries into the future. Also this week, we are talking about a jam-packed weekend, including Taking Back Sunday, Franklin Square Film Series, the OD's Birthday Bash, uh, the Solar Eclipse. We're also talking about history lessons, and of course, all the many, many things that we millennials have destroyed uh i guess sorry uh welcome back folks episode 113 we're happy to have you back Defended somehow, but you always come in real sheepishly. Like, you're like, you sneak, you're like, hi guys, what's going on? Hi, just sneaking in here. Yeah, sorry, I'm like like an hour. Have I ever yelled at you for anything? Ever, no, I feel anything? like I'm coming
1: to work though. I'm like, sorry guys.
0: <laughs> well, it's just work. Heather, work. So he, I mean, very, it is. I'm, t-
1: I'm trying to take it very, very seriously.
0: seriously. Kevin takes it very seriously all the time, right? Never stops. <laughs> Never. Never stops. No jokes, no laughter.
2: Never. That's I was okay. told this week that I'm the funniest one on the show. By who? Oh. Was it
1: Amy? Because that doesn't count. Was it your she's brother? Like think she thinks you have the best count.
2: voice. It was, Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but it was definitely Amy. Yeah,
0: she's always going to say no who it No offense to you. When people always
1: start with no offense, but I just love Kevin's voice. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. Yeah, she
0: stopped me at the Franklin Square film series to tell me that. She's like, I'm sorry, I hope I didn't offend you. I told Kevin great. his voice. I'm like, "I I'm Amy. Just,
2: Thank you. For listening. No, a very, a very sincere and heartfelt thank you from the entire show. Yes, anybody's <laughs> ever been affiliated with the show. Or obviously, you know, it sounds like we've got people with their head in the right place out there
0: listening. in. Uh, so for well, that, we thank you. Welcome back, folks. Episode one hundred and thirteen. Uh, we are joined this week by Travis uh, Oliveira, whose name I had to put down phonetically because every time I look at it, I want to say it differently. But it's Oliveira. I don't know why I had such a hard time with that when I was doing it. He is I
2: think you're expecting an Olivier. A lot of are like Olivier, Olivier, yeah. like stuff like that. Yes,
0: that's probably. An extra a- eye. Uh, great guy, though. Uh, he is the man, the director at the Illion Public Library. Uh, so he came in to talk to us a few weeks ago. Um, I felt bad because he came in during the same time as a lot of the interviews we did that have come out. And because his isn't necessarily a timed interview, he got sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got pushed to the back of the queue. But a great conversation with Travis. It's Good nice guy. to
2: have that sometimes when somebody comes on and they've got an interview. That's, it's kind of timeless in a way. So it's not like you're on to promote this thing that's mm-hmm. happening this week. It's like, hey, man, let's just come in and talk and see you who's like the who. the best
1: conversation.
2: Mm.
0: So this was a – maybe the, one of the busier weekends – uh, I've experienced in a long time for me at least because I'm like I'm like a hermit and I try and stay home away from people and <laughs> friends and family as much as possible. Uh, but this was a busy weekend, so before we get into uh, sort of a, a disjointed week in in the news, uh, I want to run through a couple things from this weekend. Uh, so on Friday, for those of you who were there, Taking Back Sunday played, which. Uh, uh, Kev, I'll let you start. You were there at the brewery for Taking Back Sunday. What were your feelings about the show in general uh, and, of course, the rain that we dealt with?
2: Man, it was crazy. Um, we It was great. It was a really, mm-hmm. really good time. I had to go up and make, again, I had to go up and make the announcement. Yeah. So after uh, the opening band All Get Out finished, and they were great, actually. Mm-hmm. They were very, very good. I'd never heard them. Um, we saw a storm system coming in. The skies were getting black coming from in the west. So we looked at the radar. We decided we had to get everybody out of there, send them to the bars or their cars. Come back when the music starts for your wristband. We'll let you back in. So I had to go up in front of probably three thousand people who were gassed. The thing about every time I die, the band who I'm mm-hmm. for taking back Sunday is they're from Buffalo and their fans are about as hardcore as it gets. Yes, That's and true. it was uh, so they were all super wild and they were jacked for these guys to play. And so I had to go out there and tell them it wasn't happening. So that was fun, but I had a good time with that. Uh, then they came back, and it was pouring rain during Every Time I his whole set, it was amazing. I would say three-quarters of the brewery's lot was a giant circle pit with people slam dancing in it, which yeah. <laughs> you don't normally catch on an average Thursday with showtime. And uh, then Taking Back Sunday came on, and it was great. Uh, it was it was cool. It was really nice to have something so different at the mm. brewery and be able to be there and be like, oh, wait, I know this song. I love this song. As opposed to, you know, jam bands aren't necessarily my cup of tea, but we get some, some ones in there that are great, you know, the Mos of the world and everything, but... This one meant a little bit more. So it was a wild night, and I saw a ton
0: of people, and we were all very, very wet by the end of it. Uh, Heather, name me one Taking Back Sunday song. I don't remember <laughs> See? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, let me tell you. Uh, I had... Uh, I'll tell you my, my story. Sorry. about <laughs> <laughs> i
1: no. a disappointment in the music world. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I think he set you up to I not did know set you up. I he set you up because... you on a T to not know one. Uh, because Taking Back Sunday is an interesting... I thought it was an interesting band to play at Saranac. Not that they're not a big enough band. They're a nationally touring band. But, Certainly. like... I remember Taking Back Sunday very specifically, like time and place in my life. So for me, this almost was like, yeah, because I I kind of stopped listening to music when I got into podcasting. Is that weird? <laughs> like I just listen to a lot of podcasts. That's a now. good point. Um, you
2: do actually. Anytime I'm in the car, you're generally a
0: podcast. And if anyone yeah. yeah. to like to a podcast anymore.
1: suggestion? He's like right there commenting. That
0: is true. <laughs> I, do. I need. Well, here's the thing, right? So, uh, well, look, I'll get to that in a minute because okay. we're I'm just going to wrap around to something, but. Um, I got so, what you
2: were saying though. It's weird that bands are time and place like that. Time where you're place, like, you yeah. know, this band always makes me feel like it's mm-hmm. you know 2002 or whatever, but it's not. But like they're still here, and you sort of forget what people do because the band's freezing that time for you.
0: Well, so what? So I had a ticket to said concert. Uh, thanks, Um, uh, And it was I was at Nail Creek before the show, meeting a friend uh, who was going to the show with me. Okay, and. I was going to go to the show, and then Brand New released their new CD after eight years of not releasing a CD. and our rem- science fictions everywhere. Go get it tonight. <laughs> and as so a guy... It's guy, so good. It's very good. And as a guy who grew up in the Taking Back Sunday brand new rivalry, I said, you know what? This is a sign. So I said, to hell with it. And I said, no, I'm not going to Taking Back Sunday. I stand with brand new. That's what, exactly what happened. That had nothing to do. I
2: got a funny story to tell you that's sort of along that line from that night. That's, it's not going to be interesting to the podcast, but so save it and I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> well, I'll say you We this. watched their sound check too, you and me. We did watch it. That was really, surreal. We got a private, because Taking Back it Sunday soundchecked all their own stuff. Sam came down because I had set aside a ticket for him. I'm like, hey, you can come pick it up during the day. And we're walking around as the lots getting set up and the band was sound checking. And it was weird because I don't often see this, but the whole band sound checked all their own okay. stuff and they played a whole song together. And we were out in the parking lot and it was a couple of the kids on my staff working, getting beer trucks ready, and then just me and Sam standing in the middle of the parking <laughs> lot watching a private
0: Taking Back That's Sunday awesome. show. It was very surreal. But they played a new song, and so I was like, ah hey, well, you know, <laughs> Well, it's, it's all right. It's, so yeah. here's the thing, right? So I'm at Nail Creek, right? And I'm there with my friend, and we're having a beer, and we're getting ready to go to the show. And all of a sudden, the storm the storm front comes in. And now the storm is coming, and all of a sudden, Kevin, who down the street has just released all of these people to Varick Street, they all make their way into Nail Creek. So I had this very strange scenario where we didn't want to leave because now we had seats. And mm-hmm. now it's packed, so if, yeah. like, if I leave, I've lost my seat. I'm standing up or I'm in yeah. the rain. Also it was an odd scenario to be surrounded by 30somethings who were dressed for a taking back Sunday concert <laughs> talking about the new brand new album in 2017 it was really surreal for me mm-hmm. I felt like I was in a time warp <laughs> it was it was very it was just it's hard to describe if you don't listen to whatever your niche of music's genre is. Whenever you find yourself surrounded by a crew of people who are also into your niche product, whatever well, it is, especially if
2: you're into uh, like some people are more passionate about music than others. Some people just don't care, but like that mm. specific subgenre and those bands and niches, the people tend to identify very deeply and be very very passionate about what it is too. So it's not like oh, this guy put out some new songs. They're like, oh, my God, Holy God, it's here. we are waiting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like a whole different. Mm.
0: All right. So, yeah. So I never actually ended up making it to the show because what happened was by the time the rain ended and we were going to walk back over, my friend said, I actually haven't bought a ticket yet. I was just going to buy one at the door. And I was like, well, do you still want to go? She said no. <laughs> so we were soaking wet and we got pizza instead and watched TV. So well, there you go. We had the
2: barrier with the, 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 the barriers that keeps the crowd away from the stage during the very first song for Every Time I Die. When the crowd pushed forward and the big pit opened up in the back, um that gate broke apart. Yeah. The barrier. <laughs> yeah. So I got a call on the radio, because me and all the, you know, the managers of the brewery, like the the people sort of putting the thing on, we all share, you know, walkie-talkies. And it was Gator, and he was like, You gotta come down here, send everybody we have right now who's like available. And we're down there with the security guards pushing, holding this gate Mm -hmm. in while these people are going nuts. And crowd surfers are landing on our heads, so I spent the whole show getting rained on with crowd, just snatching crowd surfers out of the air, trying to make sure people didn't even get mentally, killed. I but I that. kept almost getting killed because the band was also amazing, and I was really into it because <laughs> I was like six feet away from them, and it was like raining, and I'm you know I'm bobbing up and down and listening to the music and everything. It's like oh boom, some like skinny, gangly twenty year old kid lands on my head, bands first. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, hit yeah. right in the nose. I got I got beat up.
0: You remind a, me of the glory days. Well, you're a, it really <laughs> did. It, right, and we've talked about this before you're large individual. Have yes. you ever been crowd surfed? Has anyone <laughs> ever had I have no interest in being crowds. No, I've got
2: stuff in my pockets. Like I don't I don't <laughs> Here's the thing, oh, I don't man. I don't trust the people to not like I don't trust also I as somebody who's been at concerts has had people land on my head while crowd surfing when I don't see them coming, I don't want to number one, I don't want to do that to somebody. Okay. And number two, I don't trust, Sam, if it's a guy your size who's not paying attention doesn't see me coming, I don't trust you're going to keep my reflexes. head from hitting the concrete. Yeah, it's true. Like, I don't trust um, that you can stop me from going down. No. Nope. No, thank you. Do they have crowd surfing in any of the shows you
0: go to, Heather? Stop. I'm curious. No, oh, I'm also like I the backyard again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know. I'm
1: just. Curious. I went to K Rock and and DJ Lance Rock back Ron. in the day, '97, and a guy um, crowd surfing fell on me, and I had to get taken away in an ambulance. Oh Jesus, really? Oh my God. <laughs> After that, I was like, I'm done. And can I say this? It, and I don't, I don't
0: want to get no whole hole about this. No. it's different for a woman because if you go crowd surfing, you're going to get sure. touched.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be. I don't like, want to. I didn't want yeah. to be. Yeah. No. Nobody
0: wants to touch me. It's nice. Now, mind you, uh, I'll tell you guys a crowd crowd. surfing (laughs) story come in it's a lot I've got nothing to grab Uh, I'll tell you a a funny crowd surfing story if you don't judge me about the show it was at is that a deal nope I was a a very young man this has got to (laughs) be oh I got a feeling go ahead it was a middle school show because I'm trying to think it was a big crew of guys I went with and I'm trying to think that the last time I rolled with a crew that big from high school high school or yeah early high school uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> lean into that.
2: Like senior year, you Odd, because people like
0: cars. Utica Odd, yes, it's true. Utica oh, that odd. show was definitely senior year. I know what you're talking Utica about. Utica Odd, it was Nickelback. Three days. What? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You went to the Nickelback. I
2: thought yeah, you were going to say the. Nickelback. I thought you were going to say Dave Matthews band. Then I thought it was going to no, be Goo Goo Dolls. No, Goo Goo Dolls. I, no, dolls I and had Dave no Matthews. idea you
0: went to see Nickel Pajitos. Goo Goo Dolls and uh, Dave Matthews, I wouldn't have been concerned about talking about. I would have just talked about I thought you were playing it, an no. angle. Uh Trapped, Three Days Grace, and Nickelback Ooh. at the odd. And I went with a group Three of days. dudes. And I have to admit, even then, and I'm, it's easy for me to say it now, even then, I really wasn't like a Nickelback guy, but I did own the trap. CD. I'm not going to pretend that I didn't. I had it. It existed. So I went to that show and I did some crowd surfing at that show, right? Because you're young and we couldn't drink yet, so we're still just (laughs) looking looking for some excitement. And I did the crowd surfing and it was fun until, much like Kevin talked about... A hole opened up in front of me where oh. no one was standing, and I got dumped <laughs> directly on my fucking head and face. Just sure. smack. you wake up all disoriented, and there's Nickelback playing, so it's like, ugh, God, <laughs> what the hair. hell is where this? Am I? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, very strange time. Also, the first <laughs> time I ever, uh, I ever really saw an old person smoking weed. In public as a young person. Like I was at the show and there was an mm. old man. There was an old man in the crowd and he had leaned down on the ground. And he was looking for something. He's like, I can't find it. I can't find it. And we're like, what, what, what can't you find? We got like our phones out, like trying to light it up. And he's like, Oh, my joint. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, so yeah, uh, there is some other stuff I wanted to hit before we move on. Of course, we're I'm dragging already. I'm just gonna skip all the politics. We're just gonna recap. Yeah. All right, how's that? No politics this week. Uh Take down. Oh yeah, the other thing I want to say: up to th- uh, thirty plus cities are already removing or have removed their Confederate monuments since. Take them
2: down has nothing to do with heritage. If you disagree, you can fight me on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could I could do twenty minutes on that subject specifically, yeah. but I know we're not going to. No, no. So let's move. On. <laughs> so oh, he's, ready, he's ready. He's right <laughs> ready. <now>. Let's move. <laughs> on. Yeah, we we can get into that at some other time. There's a lot of good coverage about it everywhere. Um, take them down. Take them down. Uh, all right. So Saturday. Uh, Shout out to last week's guest, uh, the wonderful Katie Giacovelli over at the Observer Dispatch. Mm -hmm. Great time talking to her. Great person, uh, her and Will. Uh, I saw them Saturday morning after the Taking Back Sunday concert on Friday night. And Saturday morning, I went to the OD Oh, did you go to that? I did go to the OD So I was down there
2: first thing in the morning helping them set up the beer tent.
0: Yep, I went down with the main Utica crew later in the day. Like, middle of the way through. Um, Great time. Nice to see Showtime was playing there. They were killing it. Yeah. Yes, they did. I think this was a tough weekend, and let's be—I'll be honest with you—I don't think turnout for anything was very good this weekend because there was the Boville Antique Show. That Speak for all yourselves. Dominant <laughs> dominated a lot of the stuff I heard this yeah, weekend. Yeah, like a lot of show, go to Bauchville. I forgot yeah. that it was happening. So did I. Uh, but no it was it was great to see a lot of people there I saw a lot of uh, familiar faces there was a lot of support uh band was great crowd was great there was a hot dog eating contest that, I, did that I didn't go? I did not I did, <laughs> I didn't join in you guys want to take a shot at what the total was for the winning hot dogs Holly? Should I take a shot pretending that I don't already know uh, you already know Yeah we were talking uh, about it last night uh, What do you think how many hot dogs do you think you how many do you think you could have eaten in how long in f- 5 minutes 5 5 and 5 minutes is the most you could do
1: yeah, well, it depends. Are they little ones or big ones or?
0: They're, they're
2: thinner dogs. Probably, just can the can bun, with no five? condiments. No. You, you can dip them in right, well, water. Anyway, first.
1: they probably did like fifty of them or hundred.
0: <laughs> it's twenty, I don't know. twenty-two. I don't know. In five minutes, twenty-two hot dogs in five minutes. <laughs> I don't think uh, I could do 22 hot dogs in like 22 hours. Do you mean in, like I don't? I don't 22 know. hours,
2: you certainly could. It wouldn't be a great. It wouldn't be the best. <laughs> 22, <laughs> 22 hours. Would be bad. 22, 22 hours. hours.
0: Breakfast, lunch, yeah. snack.
3: Uh,
2: I don't but, think I could do 22 in an afternoon, though. Uh, no. When I think of hot dogs, I think of them like all charred up, like nice hot dogs yeah. with you know like pickles and mustard and everything. Yeah. And, and yeah. these people that just got like thin little hot dogs, they're dipping in water first. Dip the bun in water so it's easier to mash up mm-hmm. in your mouth. The water-soaked bun. Heather seems to like it a lot. I'm, gonna tell, her all, I'm gonna tell her all the details as her face turns greener and
0: greener. <laughs> uh, so after the OD bash, uh, I went home for a couple hours, I relaxed, and then of course, I went out to Franklin Square for the Franklin Square film series presentation of Wally. And surprise, surprise, much like every other event in Utica these last few months, it got rained out because rain. We got an hour into the movie and then got the forecast that the storm was coming, uh, Mr. Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson, uh, believed that it was not coming and that all oh of Oh, the- man, he was right. upset. He was... Parkinson hates... Canceling anything, we had to basically argue him down from just being like, "No, I'm sitting here until the movie's." over. I'm going to sit here and scream about you guys' personal failings
2: because everybody's <laughs> betrayed me. No,
0: you know, it's, it's, I
1: can understand for that why he wouldn't want that. No, look, but I can see why it happened. He to
0: happen. really doesn't like to ever have to cancel anything. He mm-hmm. loves putting on the stuff and he gets hyped for it. So when he gets in the zone and he's ready, he doesn't want to have to like. It's a tough call to I me. Mean, we
2: had to do it on Friday, and it turned out to the actually what came through wasn't as bad as yeah, we were expecting. that's the thing. But we when. When you have, when you're in charge of an outdoor event with people mm. from the public there, you have a responsibility, and not like a some you know moral responsibility. You have a legal responsibility to liability to get people. Away when there's thunder and lightning, and so yeah. you have to act on the the information yeah. you have. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And it
0: did turn out to rain. If people it did had stayed out, out there, they would have got rained on. And not for I mean? nothing, like I love doing the the film series, and the turnout was better than I expected. To be totally honest, like mm-hmm. I was concerned considering the way I'd felt about the whole weekend about turnouts and the weather. Sure, uh, but it was pretty good. So it was a downer to have to to, but you know. It was the smart move. Mm-hmm. That equipment's all very expensive as well, too. Like the Nomad guys, they have all that stuff. For you don't sure. Want if it. the weight want that thing yeah. blows away. It takes long. more than 20 minutes to take that thing down. You know what I mean? Um, You've got to be proactive. So,
2: and I want to say briefly that I think that this whole narrative of the 2017 uh, summer of bad weather has been a little overblown. A little bit. As somebody who does one to two outdoor events every single week, mm-hmm. it's like we get a lot of threatening reports, but nothing's mm-hmm. getting rained on so bad as we think. But I did something crazy on Saturday. Not well, crazy, I but I went to a really interesting place that I had no idea what was going on. Um, I forgot to tell you about it, I think. All right. So down at the the shops at the finish line, across sure. from the, the brewery shop there in that big lot, um, mm-hmm. over next to like the mill building, they had, I noticed, a little outdoor fair. Somebody was playing at that cafe. They were playing music, and I walked over because we had to pick up some of our barriers from the lot from the Taking Back Sunday show the night before. Sure. They had an outdoor fair going on with a bunch of local uh, guitar makers and vendors. Ooh. People who make the handmade guitars. I saw um, excellent, excellent friend of the podcast uh, Bob Acuviva. Ac. out there with his guy who makes guitars. Just all these beautiful, like basically their own takes on like great Gibson or Fender models, you know. And then this dude, uh, French custom guitars. He's out of Holland Patent. You should probably get him on the show sometime. He mm-hmm. makes them with like his buddies in his garage, and he's got all these really crazy, sort of like Frankenstein versions mm-hmm. of classic guitar models. And I spent like an hour over there talking to people. There was one guy who deals exclusively basses. Then I had to leave before I did something like and just bought an yeah. <laughs> instrument that I don't need. I'm, I was looking at this one spangled gold music box bass and I'm just like selling it for $300 today. It's a ten of a kind that yeah. I'm just like I I got to go. I need to go back to it right now
0: before I do something real do you, stupid. Do you have no willpower when it comes to stuff like that? Kind of. I have buyer's remorse even when I buy something that I have money for. Like if right. I have money for it, I still buy it. I'm like I could have used this somewhere else. I, I find no joy in anything. That, <laughs> Nothing see, I like me My joy. thing is it's really easy. Like he was <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> it's
2: like that's okay. I'm laughing. I'm just we're blowing past. Blowing past it. the sadness. I feel uh, like my thing is when I'm out there. I'm like ah well it's just three hundred. It's a cool base. You know what I mean. I can always talk <laughs> myself into it. Yeah. And I know that,
0: so I got to remove myself from mm. the situation. Uh, it would be. So, I, w- I just want to say real quickly before we move on to some other things. Uh, so, the movie got canceled. Uh, we're were not. we not going to postpone it because coming up soon is our final film. And it's also the same day as the Downtown Get Down. That's right. Maiden Utica's Downtown Get Down, September 16th. I'm very excited. Uh, look, Downtown Get Down is probably one of my favorite events we do all year. I'm very excited. This year, it's going to be Chalk Full, Bag Square, The Market, Franklin Square, and finally at Nail Creek featuring Gibbs. You guys know about Gibbs? Gibbs is awesome. I know Actually, about Gibbs really because Parkinson
2: has exposed me to him. It was somebody I didn't know about before, yeah, but thats uh, it's, he's really talented dude. It's going to be a good show.
0: It's going to be an awesome time. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Made Check it out. Downtown Get Down. We are getting very excited for it. Uh, that will also be the final uh, Franklin Square film series for a while. We're going to be doing Guardians of the Galaxy, so look forward to it. Great video. movie. Yeah, I got to make another video for that. Now we got to start thinking about what we're doing. Those
1: videos are awesome. Did you
0: like the Wally video? They're all
1: great. They're all great. I
0: was a little concerned that the Wally video was a little too uh, David Lynchy because I've been watching too much Twin Peaks. It's very. It's a little. I don't think it was so. I I think it's. I think
1: it describes kind of the movie. It's
0: the. the, the, I forgot about that movie when I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, we actually uh, brought it up a little bit from where it is. I think. All right. Uh, It would be remiss of us to not discuss. The Eclipse at all? Did you guys have any experiences with watching The Eclipse today, Heather?
1: No. I watched it on TV a little bit. Um, I didn't really...
2: I I didn't really for it. I,
0: I'm
1: kind of I'm sorry. I feel bad. Honest. I'm not I, all the hype. I didn't. I wasn't. I was like, oh, all right. It's
2: not. I, it would have been cooler if we had the total eclipse here. Yeah, yeah we, it, it. That's we had the partial, So what happened was at about two thirty, three o'clock today. <laughs> it looked like it was going to rain for about twenty five yes. minutes, but it wasn't very cloudy. But I know. that's about it. And like, you know everybody what I mean? was like,
1: where are my glasses? How? I mean, that's the great, shadows. But...
2: The shadows were really cool though. Like yeah. all of the refracted, the little like um, crescent shaped shadows that were mm-hmm. put on everything because the sunlight was shining differently. I noticed we were on the porch and the shadows from the trees had this really weird like I can't think of the words on the tip of my tongue pattern but everything was like looked very different than it does and that was mm.
0: kind of surreal but like yeah. other than like, a couple shadows yeah. I would say uh, I've probably had to talk Fractal Fractal that is the word Oh fractal yeah. patterning that Yeah the Fractal There you are It's good. It gets a five dollar word right there. Um, We talked about. It's funny to me that we talked yesterday, sort of joking about our conspiracy that all these young teenager idiots are going to just look directly at the sun and while Snapchatting, and we're going to have a generation of blind kids now after today. Like we had today is the starting day for a huge uptick in blind folks. And then, of course, I saw pictures of the Commander-in-Chief staring directly in the sun like a big, tiny <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it'll go
2: well with all of our blind baby boomers.
0: That's <laughs> a metaphor. Um, so before we get into the interview, is there anything else? Oh, one last thing. I wanted to talk to you guys, and I need your help. I haven't verified this yet. I have had, this is important to me, I've had two different people this week stop me and say to me, when did you start going gray? I need you to take a look at me right now and look at the side of my head because I can't see it. Do I have gray hairs on nope. the side of my head?
1: We have one right there. What? Oh. Where? Right here. Uh, I can't get it. We have one. I see one. I never would have noticed it if you didn't say anything.
0: Mm. You're not supposed
1: to say I saw it.
0: I don't like. it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. See I've sort of jokingly said for many years that I didn't care, and now that it's now Once that one I've...
1: comes in, it really starts coming in fast. Like
0: it doesn't seem any more gray than what I've seen
2: I mean we've all got we're at the age we've all got a couple mm. grays I've certainly got in my beard mm. somebody says it to somebody said it to me one time about mm. my hair I don't <laughs> see it as much but like oh, I see him here and there I
3: see more
2: mm, stop no now you're teasing me I'm hideous now you're teasing me let thing let it happen age yeah. gracefully you have no choice you're gonna age anyway so at least do it gracefully <laughs> don't be one of those insane people who's putting just smearing just for men all over your body <laughs> well now too
1: and when you again. show up like
0: is it weird that the Just for Men jingle is like one of the all-time jingles for me like that one stuck in my which head which one is there which you look so natural no one can tell just for <laughs> men that's cuz i like it cuz it doesn't, it, it, doesn't that. it doesn't it doesn't no it do, it doesn't resolve and that's why i think about it all the time they just it ends with just for men it's a good one look it up from the 80s uh let's go, <laughs> let's go I tonight, i'm on it look it up on youtube uh let's go to this week's interview uh Travis Oliveira uh you know Travis it's always funny i Sometimes when people come into the show... Well, every time people come onto the show, pull back the curtain for a minute, and I give them the same speech, whether they listen to the show or not, right? It's always the same speech when I prep them, under the impression that they've never listened to the show and they don't know what's going on because I just want to give them the rundown. Like, here's what we're going to do, here's this, this, and this. Travis actually uh, seems to be a fan of the show, so he uh, laughed at me while I was doing this and was just like, yeah, I, I, I know all of this already. <laughs> yeah. uh, Travis... He is the director at Illion Public Library. Uh, They're doing some really, really cool stuff. He's really interested in trying to revitalize the image of a library for the 21st century and what they actually do besides just lend out books. It's a great idea. Yeah. I'm big into that idea. I think mm-hmm. that's great. One of his big things is he does tool lending there. He lends out tools to people who can't afford to buy them. So Oh, really, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's a really interesting... Uh, it, it's really cool, and we'll let uh, Travis tell you a little more about it in the interview. We'll be back in just a moment. is the interview process. And uh, I don't think you have to worry too much about language. Um, I
4: think... Sh- how close should I sit here? Like, no, you're, good. Like, you're, you're a- good. I'm picking
0: you up okay over here. Yeah, oh, okay. it's good. You can stay near the, the odd, amorphous alien. I do have a history
4: phone. in broadcasting. I was huh? kicked off of the air <laughs> in the Utica College radio. Oh, really? What'd you do? You, uh... Uh, Jerry Sandusky, you remember who that was in Penn yes. State? Well, it was yeah. two in the morning, and I had a show where I usually said and did whatever I want, mm-hmm. like Snoop Dogg and stuff. Um... <laughs> And I was talking about Jerry Sandusky, and one day uh, the program director, who didn't know me, was listening, mm. and she didn't like what I was doing. Let's I see. said some words I probably shouldn't have said, but in my defense, it was two in the morning and no one was listening, so. I think a big problem with t- <laughs> the traditional radio, that's kind of why I never steered into, because yeah. if I walked, especially at this point in time
0: now, this is you know, 111, 112 episodes in now, um, at this point in time, if I had to go someplace, I'm like, well, can I say whatever I want? They're going to just say, no, you can't. And I'm like, well, right. then we're done here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I've created too much of a weird, fake character in my brain for me to break apart from it now and try and do the the traditional... <laughs> Although I do have a really good, like, traditional DJ voice, like, if I had to do it, like, if I was just like, all right, folks, and now it's uh, Ariana Grande with something, some song that's popular. I don't... That's not bad, right? That's not... It's got a nice timbre to it, yeah. Uh, Travis, uh, is it Oliveira? Did I say that right? You did. Good, good. You're Italian, right? Oven? No. No? What is that? Uh,
4: okay, so... I was going to make some joke about us being gonna try. Paisans, but... I I'm going to try not to keep everything, too. It's a long story, but um, my dad was adopted in mm. Portuguese, but I'm not.
0: Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, I think so. I don't really know. My sister knows all that kind of hmm. stuff. Well as, yeah. the <laughs> well, as the thunderstorm uh, rages in the background, Travis, it's a pleasure to have you
0: in the studio. Uh, if we get thunderstormed out, folks, now you know why. Middle of a, apparently another thunderstorm afternoon in Utica, New York. I don't know if you've, <laughs> I feel like it's been thundering for a month now. Hmm. All right, uh, Travis, you are the director, is that the correct title? It is. Of the Illion Public Library. It's a real pleasure to have you in here today. I'm sorry it took me so long to respond on Instagram, uh, or as I call it, our forgotten social
4: media platform for the guest. <laughs> I, well, you were responding to my uh, the other ways I was trying to get in touch with you, so I uh, I, I had to resort to. <laughs> it's, it, extreme well, it worked. Measures. It worked.
0: I think to this day, like I and I hate to say it, like it's sad, makes me look like a bad host. I think Twitter is still probably the most actively checked of of my profile. I get more DMs than I do emails, mm-hmm. and uh, and I guess Facebook is a trap. I don't even like to check what people write on Facebook. Sometimes. <laughs>
4: If I had my if I had my druthers, I wouldn't be on Facebook. But sadly, that's where all the people are. I, I swore off Facebook before I took uh, this job. Yeah, I, I had an account, but I hadn't touched it in probably six months. And it's funny because I just found you on there. Yeah, do I, my... I don't post much anymore, but uh, I post every day for the library. Um, hmm. So <laughs> that's just hmm. part of the job now. And uh, and you've been the director since 2016. Yeah, September. September. Nice, nice. And how's that? Uh, how's it treating you so far? You're almost a year in. I like being a librarian. I don't really care for being a manager, Um, but Mm. that's part of the job. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, well,
0: before we get into uh, library stuff, Travis, let's get to know a bit about you. Uh, As I did my professional journalism and my professional research before you came in, uh, I'm going to assume that you were sort
4: of either born or born and raised in Waterville? Yes. Mm. What was that like growing up? I was born in Utica, but Mm. I lived in Waterville for... 18 years or so.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It was nice. Farming community. I mean, she was at 18 years up there. Like high school all the way through. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go Indians. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. There's not too much to say other than it's a mm-hmm. small town, mm-hmm. and it's, it's nice, and it's good and bad in that everybody knows each other yeah. and everybody's business, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of <laughs> skip the introduction period and just fall mm-hmm. right into... Mm-hmm whatever it is you're talking about that sort makes of sense yeah. as a proctor guy my graduating class was very big so it was
0: like 500 some odd kids I'm I sure can't that, imagine that yeah <laughs> so I always laugh like if I went back to my high school reunion I would know nobody because I didn't know anybody in the first place I only knew like 15 people in high school I feel like yeah um, so you were you stayed in waterville till 18 and then you went to Utica College no,
4: no. Uh, this is where it gets interesting yeah. okay I, all right Decided to be a music major at the mm. University of Maryland. Really? Yes. Terrapins. Yeah. All
0: right. Go Terps.
4: Right. Go Terps. I'll shout out all the mascots. <laughs> yeah. We'll be here a while. Because it turns out I went to a bunch of different colleges, not sure. really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, so the first one I went to was uh, Maryland, and I flunked out mm. That'll after do. a year. That'll yeah, it turns out you have to go to math and English classes. You show too, to the classes. In addition to jazz bands. I, <laughs> yeah. I had is only one credit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I came back home, then went to OCC um, yeah, yeah. for the same thing, and the exact same thing happened. But this hmm. time, it was only a semester before I flunked out. Sure. So that was a, a positive thing. Then I convinced myself I didn't need college. Ah, yes, I've been through. I was for a while. There, oh. <laughs> yeah. um, and then after working in the mailroom at Utica National for way too long, mm. I guess I realized I did need college. So <laughs> I, I went to MV, and then utica college and then syracuse for my master's i did about three years between when i got my bachelor's
0: degree in new york city and when i went back here and in those three years mm-hmm. i'd sort of been like i think the bachelor's degree's enough i'm about yeah. done here uh and it wasn't until i sort of stumbled back into education that i decided that i'm gonna keep going back to school but i think there is certain
4: i think there is a time sometimes when you get to it you're like i don't think that i want to do Yeah, you know, the first job I got, um, the first real job I got after kind of flunking out was working for Cameradillo's Music. Do you know about this? Yes,
0: I do know Cameradillo's
4: Music. Yeah, uh, so they used to have a warehouse down on Oneida Street, and it was a great job. Mm -hmm. I had my own office, and I basically just handled all the orders for all the schools and got them ready, and then I I left for Mm -hmm. the summer to do... uh, To be a camp counselor in West Virginia. Ooh, camp counselor. It was a lot of fun. And I came back (laughs) and the warehouse uh, wasn't there anymore. Hmm. (laughs) And nobody told me. And I I went to the store and I was like, Can I have my job back? And they said, We don't have that job anymore. We sold the warehouse and we (laughs) consolidated it. It's just like, Oh, okay. Mm. They're not bringing that job back for you. No. No. That's a Um, shame. But that's when I first started working in libraries, actually. It was about 2002. I was in the Waterville Library uh, just looking for something to do because I was poor and I didn't have anywhere else Mm -hmm. to go. Um, And for whatever reason, they didn't have enough people working that day. Mm -hmm. So uh, Susie Quayle, my family friend, uh, is the director there, or was the director at the time, and she just kind of asked me what I was doing the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I started working there Mm. based on nothing. Yeah. And uh, after about ten years of working there on and off, Mm-hmm. Um, I realized maybe I could do it as a career when I got a job at Utica College Library in 2011. Yeah. Um, but I, I had no intention to be a librarian mm-hmm. for a long time, even working in well, libraries and loving books. What's funny about a librarian, and uh, you know, I I read a lot as a
0: kid. I'm I'm right in your age range, right? I'm and then I'm about four or five years from you, so mm-hmm. I sort of grew up with the same, for the most part, same cultural touch points. Right? I grew up before. The internet was primarily super available to me, and my mom was a teacher, so we had lots of books around the house, Uh, and I did, I did love the idea of, I used to go to the Utica Public Library a lot as a kid. I remember spending a lot of time in that sort of like downstairs kid's room, and just like finding all these books, and... I'm also a big Twilight Zone guy, and I remember this one episode of The Twilight Zone where Burgess Meredith plays the librarian, and he has to get called in front of the state, and they call him obsolete, and he argues about being obsolete. It's a really good one if you're a librarian. Show oh, I it.
4: thought you were going to talk about the one with the guy where he has all the books, he's the last guy in the world no, no. with glasses <laughs> breaks. That's, no, that's Twilight Zone, right? That's Twilight Zone okay. as well. Burgess Meredith did, like, four Twilight Zones. Okay. Is uh, that of them. him, too?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Rocky's coach, and also the last man. On oh, Earth, I know he's also... Rocky's coach. Yeah, Definitely go watch The Obsolete Man, because <laughs> it's about a librarian. Oh, we'll it's, do really, it. it's really, really cool, and it sort of talks about like this idea of like when books are obsolete, will librarians be obsolete? And I sort of wonder, like in today's world, where we are sort of hit up with all this technology, do you feel like there has to be a transition in how libraries are approached?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we, if you don't admit that there's a challenge with mm-hmm. the internet, then it's it's not really a challenge. It's more of an opportunity to change and, and adapt to mm-hmm. the... Community that you live in to be something more than just what you were before. Sure. It was easy, well, not easy, but it was. You could kind of coast as a library for in, until about 1995. Right, um, the books are all here, so because you you had that um, everybody had to come to you. It, they didn't, they couldn't just IMDb somebody if they saw you know Richard Belzer and they were like, well, what's he in other than this? Sure. How do I know that guy? They'd yeah. call the library, right, and we'd have to look it up. Um, so. We luckily don't have to do that anymore, which is mm. kind of, <laughs> which <laughs> is nice to it. a certain extent. Every once in a while you get the, the, the one person. The old timers. Yeah, but for mm. the most part it's, it's all mm. completely different. And most of the job now is teaching people how to use a computer that's never used one before. Right. Because they think they have to do it, which they kind of do. I mean, to file for taxes you have to do it all online. Mm. Um, did, you, uh, did you grow up with like, the Dewey Decimal System? Yeah, uh, well, do you mean Dewey Decimal or do you mean like the card catalog? I thought we weren't going to get in the library stuff right away. We can. I, I'm just <laughs> curious. I'm curious because I remember because now I'm thinking about it like in hindsight. Like that's I'm all right. like, I'm sorry,
0: I went to like Hugh School, which is not too far away from here, and yeah. we, I think we did
4: have like the card catalog, yeah. but I don't even know if that's not even a thing anymore. No, is it? no. I've got a card catalog in my office right now that is uh, holding office supplies and is serving as a table <laughs> that I, I put my turntable on top of. Good, it, it's, it's very yeah. hip. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> well, I was just sitting in the basement, and I go, "Well, I could put a stapler in there." Well, I
0: do want to tie back to this actually because we didn't really get into uh, Syracuse yet, and I want to talk sure. about Syracuse. But I was sort of curious about this. Like, I love libraries. The idea of libraries—it's almost a romantic style job, right? <laughs> uh, in my in my mind, growing up in my era, like working with the working surrounded by all the books is kind of romantic. I love books, right? Yeah, um, all the cardigans. Yeah, all the cardigans, all the yeah, all the sweet glasses. Um, but I guess, like, it wasn't... You can't just walk into a library and say, I want to do this for a career. You went to college and got, like, library studies. I never knew this existed. Oh, yeah. Well, so what is what is entailed in, like, library studies? Like, what did you learn?
4: Well, um, I took a class on copyright. Copyright. Um, because we have to understand... All right, so I'll give you a scenario. We sure. have adult coloring books at the Alien Library. Mm-hmm. And okay. somebody said, well, we can't just have these. Can't, can't we just photocopy them so that we can... Um, use them more often instead of just once. Sure. No. You can't, right? (laughs) Of course, right, 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 that that. makes sense. You can't just photocopy a section of a book and then use it for a different purpose. That's not Mm -hmm. how it works. So um, knowing copyright law is very helpful. Um, You have to take a class on reference services. Mm -hmm. I had to take a class on assessment. I had to take a class on advocacy. I had to take a class on uh, cataloging. I could keep going, but it's Mm. all... Really okay, so relevant and specific, but right. the, probably the assessment and advocacy classes um, mm. are, are, are the most relevant because without having somebody tell me, like, you need to get out in the, into the community, you need to join the Rotary Club, you need to do this and that,
0: sure. you need to
4: go on random podcasts, yeah. <laughs> um, that I, I wouldn't do that. And, mm. and just getting out there and, and doing the outreach part of the job sure. is huge, but you wouldn't really think to do that mm-hmm. if you just work in a library until maybe you go to a conference and somebody says right. it, but it's the degree is required by most jobs out there, and the mm-hmm. worst thing than that is you, you need a degree plus five years of librarian experience to become a librarian. It's like sure. a catch-22.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so I couldn't get a job at the last place I worked because I didn't have the experience, even though I'd been there for <laughs> the five years, right. but I wasn't a librarian. So right. once I got my That's degree, I, I still... Couldn't get the librarian job that yeah. was open to me, so I had to leave to do something else. So yeah. um, I liked my job, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to do something else because otherwise I'd be stuck there. Yeah, you know, making the same amount for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Does that answer your question? That is lots of questions. <laughs> it's like, it's it. a tough degree, um, and it it focuses heavily on technology and collaboration. Sure. Um, and at Syracuse, I did it all online, so it was. <clears throat> Really happy that I grew up when I did and took this hmm. this course later because Google Drive and Google Docs and all of that was a thing. Yeah. And I cannot imagine collaborating on a 30-page paper with four other people without having that live text help. Yeah. And we would all just say, let's work on it at 9.30 to midnight tonight.
0: <laughs> well, that's something that we have over some of the folks who are younger than us. Yeah. I actually do sometimes wonder how we did things beforehand. Like, little, little, simple things like... I look at my cell phone and look at all the contact numbers I have in it. I'm like, damn, I used to remember people's numbers. I don't remember... They're good for passwords. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't remember... (laughs) That's all they're good for now. Literally anyone's number like off the top of my head even yeah. my mom's phone number i just have to look it up and assume my phone's that's on that's not and, not good for passwords
4: no it's not It's your mom's number no. but like a random friend from high school if you remember the last four digits it's great to tack on to the actually. yeah it's pretty good not that i do that i'm not don't don't hack into my accounts don't yeah i know I, i'm, yeah, I'm, such, I'm <laughs> I such a gamer such i would never do that <laughs> i've had the same computer
0: for 7 years i'm not really a hacker type guy yeah uh, so let me ask you this question uh, i have to assume that you know working in the library, having this be a part of your life. You obviously grew up, you have the Book It t-shirt on, so you obviously grew up with books as yeah. a big part of
4: your life. Do you remember? Nah. <laughs> no, no, no. You, <laughs> no, really? Um, I liked the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Choose Your Own Adventure books, yes. Um, when I was a kid, and then in, I, I didn't really care for reading much. Really? Until I got hmm. to high school English, and uh, I had a, a great teacher, Miss um, Sisai, Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Miss Sisai. Shout know. out to Miss Sisai, who made us read Little Women, and I hated it. Mm. And I couldn't get through it, and I said, yes. can I please read something else? And she loved me pick something else. All right. So I, I picked, um, I don't remember, maybe Catcher in the Rye. Oh, yeah. And I liked that book. And so it was never really discussed, but I would always just go and grab other books. Mm. Like she, we were supposed to read uh, Romeo and Juliet, and yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't into that one. So I just read something else, and I, I, I went through that whole kind of catalog of the classic sure. high school literature, and I felt really lucky because none of the other kids were reading that stuff, but I was reading, yeah. you know, A Farewell to Arms, and uh, The Things They Carried, and The Catcher in the Rye, and Slaughterhouse-Five, and yeah. all that stuff that we weren't reading as a group, but I still, I could have that cultural uh, awareness, um, but I still, you know, I just liked reading, I didn't really care yeah about libraries.
0: Sure. Well, no, I just, I'm just i curious because I remember, you know, to a certain extent, like I read books as a kid. Yeah. It wasn't until, uh, I think my mom gave me Where the Red Fern Grows uh, mm. as a kid, and I was, like, emotionally affected by it. I think that was one of the first times where I was like, oh, I kind of like to read books, <laughs> right? Like, there's this... And then that sort of opened the door for finding new stuff. And even this, these days when I find it really hard to find time to read as an adult, right, because right. of life stuff, uh, there's a, a strange... Un, how do I how do I put this? It's hard to define, but there's this weird visceral joy of sitting down with a book and reading something, especially fiction. As you get into, especially you know, you went to school enough to know mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of time to read fiction when you're in school. No, <laughs>
4: but, not unless it's considered a classic. But yeah. they're never gonna sign it, you know? Yeah, well, it that's, that's a great book. We're gonna get into that in just a minute, but I know we uh, talked about Stephen King last week, and now they're making the movie, so we ha- we just had to order a new copy of it because oh, yeah. we don't have it for some reason. It's it is a is a tough read. I um, loved it. I loved. I think I was thirteen when I picked it up. Yeah, and it took me about a month in the summertime. And I remember, I always am reminded of It when I hear Our Lady Peace for some reason, because I think I just got that CD. Yeah. And I was listening to it around the same time, and all the songs were, like, reminding me about the book, and I was like, this is neat. Um, But anyway. (laughs) Kevin and I have been friends for a long time,
0: obviously, and we both read Stephen King growing up. We both read It. He claims that It is his favorite Stephen King book. It's definitely mine. Uh,
4: uh, I was more of a Michael Crichton guy. Though.
0: Michael Crichton. I'm a state. I read The Stand by Stephen King, and that was yeah. really big for me. Um, I, I never read a lot of Crichton growing up as well. The Stand is my... I have a tattoo of The Stand. I'm addicted to it. But uh, It... What's crazy about It is we were both sort of bonded over the fact that we do not like the original version of It with Tim Curry,
4: because I feel like... You it- gotta respect Jonathan Brandis, though.
0: It's... <laughs> you
4: know... <laughs> no, I I agree. It's not great. The parts of the movie with the kids it's are It's like fine. a made-for-TV movie, isn't it?
0: It's kind of like a made for, My only problem is this, like, it, that TV movie makes the story of it seem like it's about an evil clown. And
4: it's not. Yeah,
0: no. The, the story of it is not about an evil clown. I hope that's not a spoiler for anyone who's going to see the movie who's not <laughs> aware of that. But it's... The clown is just a symbol for all intents and purposes. A clown could be anything, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So, and that always drove us nuts was, like, the way that they portrayed... I don't know. That's, like, real dark
4: Stephen King nerd stuff so, that I'm complaining speaking about speaking of here. nerd Stephen King stuff, yes. the new movies... There's going to be two of them, right? Yes. And the first one's going to be just when they're kids. Just when they're kids. I don't like that because you don't like, like that. it goes back and forth. It's like here's a chapter from when they're that's, adults, here's a, a chapter from when they're kids. That's a fair I, point. I'm I'm interested to see it, but I feel like that kind of takes away from because the narrative is beginning to end but it's them living through it in two different time periods. This is an
0: interesting concept that me and Kevin... It'll be like
4: watching the same movie twice. All right, so let me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you. So right now
0: out in the theaters as well, since we're talking about Stephen King, is The Dark Tower or The mm. Gunslinger, whatever it's called. Never read it. Didn't read anything about The Gunslinger, right? Or The Dark Tower, whatever. I heard that this movie is very short. Is a big knock I've heard in this well, movie. Well,
4: there's system. supposed to be seven books, I think, Which right? It's and very And many short. of them are 800 pages yeah. each. So the movie's like an hour and a half long. And then
0: Kevin <laughs> told me, and I don't know how true this is, so if it's wrong, I'm wrong, but that they're thinking about, they're doing a TV series. Yeah, of, I read that. Of The Dark Tower with Idris Elba playing the character still. So it's like, is this a hmm. movie or is it like a backdoor TV pilot that's like, well, if this bombs, we just won't make the series and we'll have this movie. That's kind of what I think they're doing with it. I think they're making this first It movie to say, all right, we're going to make this movie as a standalone movie about, about It with the kids, and if it's a big hit, we're going to make this second one. But if not, we'll just have this one movie about the It clown with the kids, and it'll be pretty fine. I think they're hedging their bet. That's my thought about this. That's my only weird, like, conspiracy (laughs) theory thought about this. All right, I've gone way off track on that. Uh, I do want to come back to authors with you in just a minute since we're talking about Stephen King. But I want to get a little bit into the Ilium Public Library in general. All right. So you've been there since September uh, 2016. Yeah. uh, And when you wrote to me... one of the things you talked about is you wanted to change the way libraries were viewed in general. I thought that was a fascinating sense. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, why do you feel that way? What do you feel people like keep is... asking me why we're relevant and why I want to be <laughs> well, a, a librarian? Well, I don't. I don't like. I wouldn't say it that way because I think that. Yeah. I do think that libraries are relevant today? But, but you don't even have a yeah, card. Yeah. Well, that's. <sighs> We can get into my... My card is lapsed. It's not that I don't have a card. Yeah. uh, I think I have my old card with my little childhood handwriting on it, if that makes you feel any
4: better. It makes me feel like that's adorable. It is adorable. It was was very cute.
0: (laughs) Um, No, I I think that, like, uh, it's not to say that libraries aren't relevant, but, like, what... We we touched a little bit upon it. Like, it becomes harder... This generation is less interested, and they're more distracted. Like... How do you appeal to a younger generation who's not even well, young to the, the concept? Well, that's the thing.
4: We don't, we don't know how to do that. There's a big demographic that's just not mm-hmm. using libraries, which is basically out of high school to 35 years old. That's, mm-hmm. We can't reach them. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to do things. I say we as in like, like
0: myself and
4: weed. the Mid-York community. Because <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. the, the Mid-York library system has a great batch of people working um, behind the scenes to get things like e-books and e-audiobooks sure. out to people. But now nobody knows that they're there. So um, we have to be able to market a little bit better, but we don't have a marketing budget because we're all 501c3 Mm. nonprofit organizations, and we all have our own individual budgets. Um, Mm. So if we're going to have to market, it's going to be just through social media or through things like this interview. Um, Mm. So it's, it's difficult to promote our services when but even if we could, nobody's watching TV anymore anyway, so... That's a good point. Th- we can't <laughs> make a commercial. That's <laughs> a good point. That, I guess that's we're not alone in, in having a problem reaching that demographic, but um, I think what I meant by that was that when people think of libraries, uh, they there's that stigma of, you know, a quiet room with old ladies shushing you. Yeah, yeah, like a stodgy Yeah, and that's not yeah. really what it is. It, yeah. it used to be like that, definitely, yeah. when they could do that... Um, but now it's they're more of community centers, yeah, and just okay. kind of like another place to go. Basically, like you you don't want to go home and you're not at work and it's too early to go to the bar. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, no, it's true. no, that's a good point though. I think, and that's a, and I'm glad you even said that because that was
0: sort of my question. Is like, I guess the next place would be less as a stodgy institution and more as a community platform yeah. position, right? Like. Uh, use you know the library you know in yeah you know, we'll get to this in a second like you even used your basement and re- revitalized your basement to set right. up the the alien uh, tool uh, training, which we'll get into in a minute right. but like maybe that's the future is finding new ways to repurpose yeah. these existing spaces and locations that people know about and sort of trust as an as a as an established location
4: exactly yeah. and it's it's being a center for the I I mentioned the word community a lot because they're who are funding the library sure. whether they realize it or not if you're even if you're not voting directly for a library budget, you could be, uh, you could have one in your community that's a municipality just like mm-hmm. we are. So we're funded through the village, and yeah. you pay village taxes. You might not see it directly on your taxes, right. but your money is going to fund our library. So mm-hmm. we want to do what you want to do um, because if you don't support us, then the village won't anymore. So um, mm. we, <laughs> we want to continue to operate, basically. Sure. So any way we can do that to, to get people in the door and whether they want to come and rent a movie or use the space for a yeah. Bible study group, I don't really care. Whatever you want to do, come in and do it. Just don't try to make money off of us. <laughs> Yeah, that's surprisingly, actually, is that's, something I have to stop people from doing. That's not that different than what we feel with Made in Utica stuff. Yeah. A lot of
0: times, it's like, how can we do this and not get taken advantage of? Right. Because a yeah. lot of times, like, people don't assume that we're a business who needs money to thrive and consistently live. But yeah. They're like, it's like, you guys do this for free? It's like, no, <laughs> no, we do not. Did we? <laughs> all right so I want to get into something because you actually sent me uh the article about this when we reached out on Instagram about your uh, tool lending program that you guys implemented in the uh, in the alien library and
4: I think this is fascinating how did you come up with this idea like how did you uh okay uh, well it's not my idea I just sure. borrowed it sure um, it's the the tool library program so we what we do is we take donations with either money or tools and we catalog those tools or buy new ones mm-hmm. and catalog them and then distribute them to the public just like books mm. so you have to have a library card and then come in and sign a waiver well that screws me uh, i got no card yeah, at the moment <laughs> so i can't even get a tool if i wanted to uh once you sign the liability waiver that says you know how to operate the tool and you're going to uh not blame us if you cut your fingers off sure of course and also check it back in in the condition that you checked mm. it out in then you can have whatever you want from our basement, whether it's an air compressor, nail gun, uh, shop vac, bladder. There's all sorts of good stuff down there. Um, how long so, have you guys been doing this? Um, it, I think the idea was approved earlier in the year, but sure. we didn't actually get a tool for months. Yeah, well, um, it goes, isn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was fun. We, we were approved, and we, I had a little blurb published in the Times Telegram, and... No one did anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. So, cut to, I was selling my rental property, and I saw we had a second shop back down there. And I go, well, this, I'll just donate and then see what happens. Sure. So, once I had that, I called the Times Telegram back, and then they came and take, hmm. took a picture of it. And from that, people started to get word that we wanted donations. So, they gave us some stuff, and then through the Rotary Club, um, which I'm a member of now. Shout out to MV Rotary. Saw that. Shout out to MV Rotary Club. <laughs> saw that. Um the Adirondack bank gave us 1500 bucks. Mm. Um, and so we just, the fun thing about that was I deposited it a, a week before the end of the fiscal year. And the village said, you have to spend this mm. <laughs> by June 1st. It's like May 25th. Yeah. Go Okay. Um, so instead of like waiting for all the father's day sales, I just had to go splurge and have mm. a little supermarket sweep <laughs> in a hardware store. Um, but that was fun. But back to your question about the idea. Mm. Um, the well, idea not, of a, whether a, or
0: not you came up with it, all the best ideas right. are stolen anyway. That's what I've learned over the years. So, well, shout they, out to Mark Marin for this <laughs> podcast idea,
4: um. <laughs> and Al Gore for the internet. Thanks. Hey, thanks, Al. Um, so, the the idea of a library of things has been around for a long sure. time since the 70s. I think someone's credited mm-hmm. with it, and, and uh, other libraries in the system in Mid York uh, have these already. Sure. So. Waterville Library has some telescopes that they loan out because they also really? have a, an observatory on site. Huh. It's a nice you That's should check cool. that out. Interesting. Um, they also have a podcast studio. Hey, you're right. side note. Um, and the the Kirkland Town Library loans out American girl dolls and cake pans. That makes Sense? Not not together. Not. I was gonna say, okay. All right. I mean, the idea is, if you have a five-year-old birthday party that you have to throw and don't want to buy a specialty Lightning McQueen birthday cake pan, you could just get it from the library and then get that. I, I see. I um, see. And they're really popular. We mm, have them come through our, our system all the time. Um, mm. So, piggybacking on that, I, I when I started the job, I saw the empty basement and I thought, well, what can I do? Because I kind of want to do something. Sure. And books is kind of easy. Um, we could buy more books and store them in the basement, but no one would go down there for that. Right. So, uh, I, <laughs> I just started harassing people in the community that came into the building and then a you know, part of my job is walking around to, uh, other places and, and, and trying to get donations for things. Mm. So in doing that, I, I talked to a whole bunch of different people and asked them what they thought about Ilian, um, what they thought it could use help with mm-hmm. and, uh, what maybe they would do if they were in charge, little questions like that to kind of gauge what the need in the town was or the village was. Um, so, I thought maybe tools was a good idea. Somebody mentioned it early on, and I go, yeah, that seems like a cool idea. Well, after I read the thing, after I read the article you sent me, it made sense because
0: I'm like, oh, tools, that's a good one. Like, it's a thing that everyone probably needs to use, but not everyone probably has. I was trying to think of other things that theoretically you could use besides tools. They used to do uh, fishing
4: poles were pretty popular in the business a long time ago.
0: Sporting equipment, probably. uh,
4: We got a lot of complaints because uh, people that used to work are not fisher people, Yes. and they would have to clean... Bait and it was it was pretty gross, I guess. So no one really yeah. wanted to deal with that. And tools see... are a little less gross. Yeah, except for the back sporting... is kind of. I say sporting sometimes. equipment, but like I don't think anyone's gonna want to. Yeah, there's like worm guts all over everything. Yeah. And you don't want to give that to the nice librarian lady. That's true. You know? Maybe golf clubs. Just <laughs> people would steal golf
0: clubs. I feel like that wouldn't come back.
4: Yeah, you know the one of the bigger ones is in Toronto, and this is not based with a public system, but it's yeah. a membership you can buy into. Hmm. So for fifty dollars a year uh you get access to their thing library and they have hmm. like camping equipment yeah oh, that's uh, pretty good yeah and, and sporting goods and hmm. tools um but they also loan out like um little myfi devices and things hmm. like that too um middleville library i think middleville or newport hmm. if i get that wrong i'm sorry but one of them loans out uh Mi-Fi's and hmm. uh google chromebooks yeah which is kind of neat I'm into that. My quick book's I in I'm w- waiting for that grant to, <laughs> to come back again because I will write one for that and hopefully get it. But, um. Um, Well, before we
0: move on from library stuff, because I do want to get into our um, our lightning round questions and some mm-hmm. music stuff I want to ask you. Sure. Uh, I want to make sure I got this right. It's midyorklibrary.org
4: slash Illion. Yeah. Illion Public Library. That's the one. Or you can just Google Illion Library. That sure. will probably work. Mm-hmm. If you're in the area, <laughs> it'll come up a lot quicker.
0: Um, well, listen, man, I think that, um, I think that, like, for me and for guys of our, certain, you know, for our age, it's easy to look at the libraries as, like, these important places. Mm-hmm. Like, I really did spend a lot of time in the library as a kid, especially Utica Public Library, shout out, just right down the road from my house as a kid, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, it does sort of, you know, as a person who remembers how important libraries were to me, it does sort of make me upset to think that, like, there will be a generation that doesn't even understand the concept of going to a library. Well, right? well we're
4: going to change that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's in coordinating with the schools um, mm. and different, you know, parent-teacher organizations are really active online. Mm. So as long as your kid's in school mm. and you can reach out to the parents, it's really helpful in getting the kids in the building. Mm. Um, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, the, the Illion Library owes a lot to a woman who um, goes by the last name of Cox mm. uh, who passed away about 10 years ago mm. and donated five hundred thousand to a million dollars to the library and the church across the street and this was before my time so i'm sorry if i don't have all the information uh Mm. off the top of my head but she was just a patron when she was a little girl that was it so sometimes it's all it takes when you think about it from that perspective you want to make sure every person that comes in that door gets the best experience of their life (laughs) because you never know what's going to happen um, but we can't rely yeah. on that as a funding source, sure. but it's nice to have that to fall back on. So yeah. right now we have the ability to, to improve our, our building. Yeah. Uh, because even if you win grants from the state, you still have to match the, the mm. money that they give you with something. Um, even if it's 10%, if you're applying to do the, redo the roof and it's a $250,000 job, you have to come up with $25,000. Um, so now we have the ability to do that, and it's nice uh, to be in that situation. A lot of other libraries don't have that luck, um, so it's it's tough. And I, I mean, it's a free resource that you can use, and I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't. <laughs> uh, well, best of luck going forward
0: with you on that. Now, I have some questions about uh, music here. As you came into the house, you had your alto saxophone, tenor. tenor saxophone, yeah, That's uh, where the money is, and you have a gig coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Today, so I do have you on sort of a short uh, leash here, I suppose. Yeah, I'm I'm
4: subbing in with Soul Injection. Nice. Um, I played with them for about ten years, Hmm. and for various reasons a, a few years ago... 95% 95% of which was I was a new dad Sure, that'll do it I didn't really have time To be in the band Man. anymore So I, I'm still on Retainer And they call me in When they, when they need me It's a good gig me. though Retainer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's happy to see you When you come back I, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't have to go To rehearsals anymore yeah, it's I can botch all the parts I want to botch I'm, I don't know I got kids at home I'm on Retainer You know, it's good I, I like this scenario This is <laughs> yeah. not bad It's like Actually, So tomorrow uh, I know this is going to air After that But yeah. I'll be at the uh, Taste of Lebanon Festival Oh, Nice Nice. Yeah, with them again. So I, the I play League League maybe Valley. once every four months with them. Mm. Um, How long have you been playing uh, saxophone, though? Like, This goes way back? Fourth grade. Fourth grade, yeah. I picked up alto saxophone in about fourth or fifth grade at Hughes School. Yeah, that's what I started with, too. Yeah. Uh, and I still like playing the alto more, but uh, the tenors mm. were... Nobody wants to hear you play alto. Well, I was I, pretty I crummy at alto.
0: <laughs> I, I was really crummy at alto, and I had a teacher at Donovan Middle School. Shout out to Mr. Bergamo. And he hmm. uh, he said, you know, you have a good ear for music, but you're this isn't really your instrument. He's like, why don't you try out baritone saxophone? So if the next like three years I played baritone saxophone. I loved it. Oh my god. it was I, a wish whole... I had Barry now. Barry was a lot of fun. I had a really, really nice baritone saxophone. That you I got used one? To Don... No, no. I, I had one at Donovan at the time. That uh, The only instruments I have anymore are guitars and basses. It's all we have. I'm looking
4: now. for anybody that wants to donate a baritone saxophone to oh. me. I cannot afford to buy one, but just please <laughs> drop it on my doorstep. But you know what I did? I'm a, I'm a sucker because I
0: quit music in high school because I wanted to go to the football games but not be in the band. Right? It <laughs> is a drag. So I was like, I don't want to be, Yeah, you know, and I wanted to be in the jazz band so mm-hmm. I hung around for a couple years but I was like, you know what, I'm I'm not good enough to be just, I don't know, I wasn't good enough to justify a jazz band as the only reason that I was in marching band and I hated marching band if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, I do miss the saxophone though. I think I could probably still pick it up and play it. I don't know if it's like riding a bike, like if my muscle memory would still just
4: you won't have the, the the lips for it after about 20 minutes. 20 yeah, yeah, that's yeah. about right. That makes sense. Because I, I, I stopped playing for about two years before somebody called me and said, <laughs> hey, do you still have a horn? Because I got a band that I can't be in. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the saxophone player from Classified um, yeah, yeah. That was a teacher at Waterville. Hmm. Um, Jozar, and he uh, was subbing in with Soul Injection, and he couldn't handle all the gigs that they had for both bands. So Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he said, please come audition for them, and uh, well, I guess that worked out. I wasn't even old enough to drink at a bar yet, oh, or at least if I was, it was very new. So. It's one of the joys of yeah. being in a band. They yeah. very rarely check to ask how old you are. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I won't keep you too long then since you have that gig coming up. Best of luck with that. I love Thanks. the saxophone. I hope my lips don't fall off. <laughs> Uh, but it is time for the lightning round questions, okay. which are the same five or six questions we've asked everybody who's been on the show for however many episodes I don't remember. And we will start, Travis, with this one. Uh, when do you wake up in the morning? Uh, Travis uh, Oliveira. I said that right again one more time? Yeah. Travis Oliveira. I'm gonna, every time I get nervous, out, that I'm going to say it wrong.
4: Uh, Travis, how do you take your coffee? Black and uh, in French press. Ooh, usually there's some leftover coffee from the day before. Good for you. That we, uh, my wife and I, I pour into the... Smart. Mugs. Smart. <laughs> that way we can drink it immediately. <laughs> when it's ready. I love a French press, by the way. Like if it, it wasn't just so, like
0: it's always such a hassle for me to do it in the morning before work because I'm not the earliest to get up before I go to work. Kind you should of guy. get some kids. I should have get up like real off. or <laughs> I may have some kids. I don't know about. I'm um, not So, uh, what was your first automobile
4: growing up? An '89 Buick Skylark. Mm, Skylark. It was it was blue and it was classy and my sister had it in college after I had it, and then I had the, eight, the 90 Lumina. I never liked that one. And then she, someone broke into her car, and she couldn't drive it anymore because she was all oh, freaked yeah. out, uh, and because of that, I got a nice red steering wheel on yes. it. because I had to replace the whole thing. So I drove around in Babe the Blue Buick with mm. a red steering. It was pretty awesome. It's a good name, Babe the Bu- <laughs> It's <laughs> I, could, I was like 16. Uh, you may or may not have taken Babe the Blue Buick uh, to see it, but what was your first live music concert? Um, I don't remember the year, but I'm pretty sure it was, um, a fireworks over cent- central New York mm. show with Eddie Money at the, uh, yes. <laughs> the, the money guy. not the Turning Stone, the other one, the, uh. Fernand Downs. what's you ever heard? What's the song? Give me some water. That's my Eddie Money song. That's I don't even the, know.
0: That's a good I, one. It
4: was one of those things where yeah, my yeah. family went for some reason. They're not big Eddie Money heads. Let me tell you, is a that what they call themselves? Let Fans let me tell you of little, Eddie Money. Let me tell you a little something about Eddie Money.
0: Eddie Money falls into a particular. <laughs> Genre of music that me and my good friend Dan Avvissato affectionately refer to—I think this is the actual title as well—as blue-eyed soul, which mm. is stuff like Bruce Hornsby. Oh yeah, and like I guess Rick, uh, Rick Astley before he became like an internet meme would have been considered blue-eyed soul. Hall of Notes, any money hits like a special
4: soft spot because I'm a like very uh, yacht rock. Do you? It is, is yacht. So, yeah, um, it's very yacht rocky. That's it's good. My favorite <laughs> station on. Um satellite radio. Yacht it's rock. Yacht Rock. I think it's 317. Um but wow, it plays yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Boskags, Michael McDonald, <laughs> oh, yeah. all that stuff
0: is worth a good a uh... good Boskag. <laughs> I still actually like Bosgags. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's actually stay in line with that one. Let's go with one book, one album, one movie, or one television show you are currently reading, listening to or
4: watching. And I can only pick one of those. One of the four. I can't pick a video game? You can pick a video game if you'd like. I never have anybody who picks a video game. Well, because I've been obsessed with a new Zelda game. Are you playing Breath of the Wild? Mm -hmm. Is it as good as everyone says it is? Mm -hmm.
0: Should I go buy a Nintendo Switch because of it? Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah? Is it worth it? I mean, I don't know if you have money for it. I certainly (laughs) don't. I (laughs) don't. But uh, the situation I had was my sister-in-law didn't like Breath of the Wild Mm -hmm. because she's not a Zelda player. Sure. So... I was like, if I get the Switch, I can get the game for free. Yes, you can. So I'm not saying I'm going to loan you my copy because I'm not done with it, but it's worth um, it. <laughs> I'm a Fallout guy, so Fallout never ends. I've been playing Fallout yeah. for like
0: 13 years. It still continually it's not, plays well, on Well, that's forever. more
4: of a social game, though, right? <laughs> this is a you-sit-in-your-room-alone game. So. Well, I sit
0: in my room alone for Fallout. I don't play without people online.
4: Oh, okay. You just you just live in the apocalyptic afterworld and, yeah. and go through
0: stories that never seem to end. It's
4: It's all right. I, I did officially beat the game, but I've, I'm have i not done. Well, uh, I've read somewhere, it's like, that game is wild because you could theoretically just
0: walk right to the end and go finish the game and do nothing else. Theoretically, like with the yeah. way it's designed, you just,
4: it's wild to me. Which I feel like I should have done that because by the time I went to the end, I mm. couldn't be touched anymore because <laughs> I had so many hearts, I didn't even need any armor anymore. <laughs> video games <laughs> like, like the way of the future, right? Like, sooner than later, I assume that
0: videos, video games are going to make more money than, like, going out to the movies, they, right? They do. Yeah. I think the
4: Does the it already game, make more money? Yeah, games make more than movies now at this point. It costs a lot to make a game. It's like a right. ton of money to, to produce I, a video. I don't know if that's a true statistic I heard or if some of that fake news I, that I've I heard. just feel like... We just talked about like this generation <laughs> who's like super distracted. Like I,
0: My niece and nephew sometimes won't sit through a whole movie. They get bored after a couple of I'll hours. I'll play a video game for
4: 10 I'll hours. Play a, straight, yeah, cool, because like, you're part of it, right? You're yeah. engaged
0: in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask you this one. This is a specialty one I concocted for you. Uh, what is the book that you have most recommended to people over your lifetime?
4: I don't know. It's tough. Um, I think probably the autobiography of Malcolm X. Hmm. hmm interesting. Or
0: 1984.
4: 1984 keeps being relevant like every well, eight years Every time you look so. in the paper, every yeah. day I look in the paper. <laughs> it hasn't been more relevant moment. for about eight years. Well, now it's back to, now we should back. look at 1984 <laughs> again. Back. And I've... That oh, one I've read man. like three or four times, and every time I read it, I get a little bit more out of it again. Like mm-hmm. the first time I read it, nobody had flat screens. I, have you read 1984? No, <laughs> I recommend it. It's I great. have not because
0: I read Brave New World like 15 times. Brave New World was my 1984. I like, read that one. It's, I, it's good, yeah. but
4: I think I started with 1984, yeah. so I, that's mine. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. Um, but they they talk about telescreens, which yeah. is just like a wall that's a TV. That has, um, you know, an input and an output, so that they can watch you while you watch mm, it. Yep. And like, I don't know. The, the first time I read the book, probably in 1998, that wasn't a thing. But the next time I picked it up, I was like, "Shit, this this is what we everybody has now." So like, every time you read it, it's getting a little more prescient. And like, there's a <laughs> well, there's a good internet deep dive for you one of these days. Look up like
0: retrofuturism, which is basically just people's impressions of the future that's already happened right like mm. people in the 50s thought about what the 1990s would look like but it's already happened and it doesn't yeah. look like that's like a good one to look up on the internet if you're looking for a good one like that have you seen uh idiocracy i've seen idiocracy a long time ago okay. i keep hearing that
4: it's more and more relevant every day <laughs> that's what i keep hearing that's a fun one to rewatch uh. if if it's been a while it's
0: a good funny movie but it's scary <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Travis before uh last but not least, uh besides uh reading, besides giving back to the community, uh besides music, uh and of course besides Buick Sabres, give me one more thing that you, Travis, are
4: passionate about. Um Uh probably say my kids. <sighs> I like them a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that and um, you know, reducing my carbon footprint and trying mm-hmm. to influence mm-hmm. others to do the same. That's true. Um having kids kind of works against that but not if yes, you use cloth diapers so you know you can do that mm. <laughs> um but yeah I, uh, as far as the carbon thing goes mm. i i don't mow my lawn with a gas mower i use really? one of the real ones and i oh like a rotate yeah wow. it's I not like that it. hard and yeah, yeah. I, I don't have much property so don't if, have much land yeah, yeah if yeah. you know how to maintain it it's, mm. it's 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 a big pain and it takes way longer but it makes me feel a little bit better okay. all my neighbors are always mm. like do you want to borrow my mower? I'm like, no, I, I got this. I'm stubborn. It's okay. You just uh, do your thing. But, you know, part of that's also, like, I don't want gas in my garage or on my kids. So okay. we can just, like, let them loose in the garage now. <laughs> it's fine. So I don't know if that's more carbon footprint or just being a lazy dad. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it comes into a little bit of both, I think. Being, yeah. being a dad
0: inherently makes you feel a little bit lazier because kids take all your energy away, yeah. so I've been told. Uh, yeah, my
4: Zelda time is between the hours of, like, 11 and 1. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. That's all I have. Well, so I can't stay awake past one anymore. Once I
0: hit 30, it was all over. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, Midyorklibrary.org backslash Illion, or just type in Illion Public Library. Uh, Travis, uh, I have to ask you one thing before I let you go. How many stories did your wife tell you about me and drama club before you got here did she backload you with all sorts of no she told me that you
4: played somehow managed to pull off playing nathan detroit i was good in like the sixth grade or seventh grade i was seems a little weird i was like first of all i was very confused i was very active in the in the musicals in waterville and we only had one musical so i thought that this was like the high school production i was like what the oh, hell did they hire school. somebody whose voice didn't change to play a grown man yeah. who's dealing with a wife that's a stripper? Yeah, middle like, school was weird. <laughs> uh, shout out to get a Mr. Bergamo twice in one episode. Knowing, knowing <laughs> that it was a middle school production, I, I kind of get it a little bit more. But I, um, uh, that's all, all I really knew is that you were in a musical.
0: Yeah, I, I was uh, what you would refer to classically in the day as a ham. I wasn't good necessarily, as I was just loud, like really loud and really charismatic, and not so much good at like acting as anything else to me. I wasn't doing Nathan Detroit; I was like doing my dad, like, "Hey, we gotta get this game going over it's here." Pretty Italian, it's pretty I mean, Italian. Yeah. I know. Uh, Travis, thank you for coming on. Hey, it's no been problem. a real pleasure. Uh, best of luck going forward uh, to you and to the library, uh, folks. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. cups of coffee. you sweating in here? It's hot. It's hot in here, I know. I, I have the windows closed because it rained in here for whatever last time it rained. I haven't opened them up yet. Uh, thank you again to Travis. Uh, we had a great time talking to him. He came in here, it's funny, and I, I give him credit because he came in here ready to give give me like a hard time. He told me that he went... What are you ready to give you a hard time? So he went into the New York Public Library archives to look up to see if I had any overdue books because <laughs> he was going to like call me out on any books I'd stolen from the library. Is
3: it Kevin? <laughs>
0: he didn't but what he did tell me is that not only do I not have any books overdue, I don't even have a library card anymore. maybe my library card has lapsed. It's oh. so I better check mine. I don't know if mine has. I have one from the Utica Public Library,
2: but I probably haven't used it in a year or two. Yeah, mine lapsed. I use it more. Apparently. I go there more for like different um a lot of times when I find myself at the library, I find myself there for art. Like when people mm. put on up in like one of the gallery rooms they have for some reason. It'll either be something local or yeah. something interesting you want to see. My
0: niece has a lot of art shows there actually. I know it sounds like that's not the same as like an art show no, but, but the, the kids are. No, art no, show yeah. they do that a lot too that's right. and that's
2: really cool because it's nice, you know, I, it was a cool mm. thing that he said in the interview about turning, you know, libraries into more of just a municipal space for people to yeah. use Absolutely. than just strictly renting out books and it was a place like the Utica Library, it's such a huge building. You do a lot of things, are, and it's a beautiful building. Yeah. Oh my God, it's stunning.
0: And they're very accommodating there. When we shot the Ghostbusters trailer there, they were more than happy to hang out and just let us do your thing. film there. They were they were super accommodating. Great folks. Um, I actually, and I, before we Let's get do to do a live the, podcast from the library sometime, I actually remember. I went to the library a lot as a kid. I loved to read. Like, I didn't sound... have to um, get really... No, I went all the time. The, the
2: downstairs, like that children's oh, part great. of the library, then I'd start great. getting lost in the stacks when I was, like, 10 or 11, old mm. enough to, like, get adult books.
0: I told this story during the interview, but I'll share it with you guys real quick because I don't want to double it up. I found a book there as a kid. It was called... It was a Dungeons & Dragons book. I didn't realize <sighs> it... was so lame. I didn't realize <laughs> it as a kid. I thought it was just a book about monsters, because I was a really little kid, so I brought the book home because it had all these pictures and descriptions of, like, this is the Minotaur, it has 13 hit points, or whatever I don't even, you know, I don't understand what it says, but it has all these cool... Which is funny, because that seems right up your alley. Now it does! Like, a list of characters and monsters ranked with attributes? Yeah, it was great! (laughs) I loved it, right? So I brought it home, and I was, like, copying, like, pictures out of it and tracing stuff out of it, and my mom found it, and much like me, she didn't really understand that it was a game or a thing... She thought it was a demonic book oh, and yep. forced me to bring it back to yep. the library. Never allowed me to take it out. Uh, years later, I like bought the book on Amazon and it's a piece of junk. Oh. It's a piece of crap. I don't know why I liked it so much. Isn't
2: it funny kid. how like later on in your life when you get mm. you know the opportunity you see something you buy something like from your childhood and you get it you're like what do I have this thing for? I'm <laughs> just <do I> <laughs>
3: I mean, this this? an
0: impressionable <laughs> sexual. Like, okay, <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> you guys ready for some history lessons? You ready? No one's ever ready for history well, lesson. And- All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to learn. On this day in 1959, <laughs> uh, Hawaii became the 50th state. Uh, it wasn't until July 4th, 1960 that the 50-state flag was introduced. Uh, in the early 18th century, American explorers came to Hawaii to exploit its, uh, exploit its plentiful sandalwood reserves, which were highly valued in China. Sorry, I had to say China. China. Um, Interesting that people kind of
2: forget that Hawaii wasn't a state during Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. It's something that sort of gets overlooked when you talk about it, because we have the naval bases, so it's still an attack on us one way or the other, but Hawaii wasn't the 50th state at the time when they were stationed over Mm. there. It feels
1: like it should have been earlier than...
2: My grandfather always used to talk about that, because he was stationed at Pearl Harbor Mm. uh, when the Japanese attacked. And he would always be like, "Interesting
0: fact, people don't know." (laughs) Now it's different for you because you (laughs) you have like you had family who was there, but like for me, when I think this is going to sound terrible, when I think about Hawaii, Hawaii is like the going on a cruise of taking a vacation. Like I would never choose automatically to go to Hawaii as my top level destination, Mm -hmm. but if someone said, "Hey, you want a trip to Hawaii?" I'd be like, "Dope." See, I I might
2: I might disagree. I would actually probably have to disagree very strongly with you. Um, Mm. Well, number one, I've got. I've got connections in Hawaii to some degree. My cousin Mm. Colin, who uh, by the time this airs, they will probably have announced it. I don't think anybody overlaps. uh, So I can say my cousin Colin and his wife Chrissy welcomed 8-pound, 9-ounce Patrick William Roberts to the world today. Kids of Beast, born during the eclipse, will certainly have superpowers. But my cousin Colin's (laughs) wife Chrissy... Her mom is from Hawaii, so they have a ton of family out there. So, like, when Colin and Chrissy go to Hawaii, they've got Mm. people to stay with, locals to take them around. They have to do everything. And I really like the idea of going to a tropical paradise, but it's still a state. Mm. So you don't have to deal with passports, language barriers, money conversion, anything like that. It's still pretty much like America, but it's this tropical paradise in the middle of the Pacific. And they've got uh, a lot of the best of all of the world's of vacation like that. So I'm going to say Hawaii is a great vacation
0: spot, in your are shot. See, I feel like it's like saying I'm going out of the country. Oh, where are you going? Canada? Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, would you, do you know what I mean? Would, like, you, I, would you take a vacation to California? Sure. Then why wouldn't you take a vacation to Hawaii? I'm not saying I California. wouldn't take a vacation to Hawaii. I'm saying that Hawaii is below a lot of other destinations on my optimal destination tourist list. I mean, yeah, if, you put, if you, you put the whole do. world out there. Yeah, yeah. There. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Right? Uh, so here we go. Let's Very suspect <laughs> perspective. Uh, let's move on. Uh, on this day in 1987, uh, the film Dirty Dancing was released and became a surprise hit, making $64 million at the box office, which is sounds like doesn't sound like much now, but in 87, that was probably a huge deal. And it also made... Probably past- wasn't a huge budget, either. Yeah, exactly yeah, true. Yeah, it can't be. It's a movie about dancing at camps, isn't it? I... Uh, to, <laughs> I love that movie I'm glad you said <laughs> that Is that the one where they make dancing illegal? That's Footloose uh, yeah. That's with Kevin Bacon Kevin Bacon yeah. Dirty,
2: yeah. Dirty Dancing, they're at the camp Oh yes, yeah, because yes. he's like nobody trash puts baby
1: And
0: she's TV. got rich parents No
1: one puts baby
0: in the corner yeah, okay. So Dirty Dancing made Swayze into a star I actually love Swayze <laughs> <basically. laughs> find him to be uh, hilarious. However, the bigger story for Dirty Dancing was the soundtrack which went many times multi-platinum including the hit songs, I've Had the Time of My Life, which won an Academy Award for Best Original Song, which is weird when you think about it which now. Which is
2: funny because I'd never seen Dirty Dancing so my first exposure to that song was on commercials for Sandals Resort. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And so every time I hear that song it makes me think of going to Sandals all inclusive Resort. <laughs> it's
0: a good one. Uh, Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen. you know that one? Yes. That's a good one. Shout out to Vasali. And then <laughs> Something called "She's Like the Wind," which I didn't know, That's was co-written and sung by Swayze himself. So, uh, I, Heather, I'm glad like you I said. Some music. I'm I glad that. you said you <laughs> like this one because I put this in a queue of movies along with Grease. Annie and Xanadu as movies that I having older sisters forced me to watch when I was younger. So defend why they're dancing. I, I love what Xanadu. Xanadu I love. Is besides <laughs> Xanadu is like a roller Kane. skater. <laughs> it's Olivia Newton John. Okay, Olivia in Newton- a rollerball? ball. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Newton John is a roller skating queen. Yeah. It's it's weird, it's like,
1: but it's like a like like an alien. She's an alien.
0: Yeah. yeah it's what? <laughs> yeah. No, come on. <laughs> My sister Kelly loves the movie I vanity. loved it when I was little. Uh, you guys have got
2: some elaborate joke worked out here on me right now. Because this can't be real. You're just making it up as you go along. You're I'm not. Whatever option I don't live on roller skates.
1: From yeah, Odyssey. but she's an alien, too. <laughs> she's an alien. <laughs> it gets better.
2: Uh, well, that one, I'm glad spell you... Spell it? I don't know how you spell it. Just get it out. <laughs> uh, Stop. It.
0: Is it an X? <laughs> on this day. An X. On this day in 1989. Well, on this day... Tomorrow, theoretically from the time we record this. Okay. Uh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose was booted from baseball. Uh, Kevin, uh, I know I know you don't care about baseball at all in this. I can't Kevin, you got for you guys. When I say Pete Rose, what are the what are some words what are the first three words that come to your mind when I say Pete Rose? A little word association. Oh uh Betting on baseball, yeah, gambling, right? Yeah, yeah. Bed, the three oh, words: betting, betting on, baseball. on baseball. I had, uh, I had bull cut gambling and uh, pony sneakers, which he used to be the sponsor for back oh, in the day. Pony Remember pony sneakers? sneakers? Yeah, Those existed. My daddy sure yeah. Uh, yeah. So he got booted for uh, gambling on his team, the Cincinnati Reds. Years later, in his book in 2004, uh, he admitted to gambling, although he said he always bet on the Reds to win. So does that make it better? <laughs> like I always bet on my own team? <laughs> I mean, that just gives him more incentive. Like, I'm just whataboutism. Like, what about the fact that he was just motivating the team by gambling on it? Made him a better coach, don't you think?
2: No, no, that's not that's <laughs> not, that's not whataboutism. Whataboutism would be like, well, what about Ty Cobb? He took amphetamines, but he's in the Hall of that's Fame. That's true, yeah. What, that's what whataboutism mm. is. Okay. What about Ty Cobb? What <laughs> about him? Tommy Lee Jones played him in a middling movie that it's wasn't very good. Movie. I wanted that movie to be good, too, and it wasn't. Did you? I think it came out before you were born. Well,
0: I... I saw it, though. I can watch movies (laughs) and want them to be good. I've seen movies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, last but not least for history, uh, a lot of pop culture history this week. Uh, On this day, in 2000, I'm going to give you a name, and I'll see if you guys remember it. Richard Hatch. What do you know about Richard Hatch? Ooh, ooh, 2000. um, Richard Hatch. Year 2000.
2: I'm going to be so mad when you say it, because I definitely know who Richard Hatch is. Television show. He, yeah... Very oh, cool. he um, he
0: won Survivor. Yes, he did. That's oh, the, the, boy, very, sur- first the very first Survivor. On this day, uh, Richard ah. Hatch becomes the first man to win <laughs> Survivor. To he took home a promised one million dollars. <laughs> uh, what I <I've- laughs> he's putting on his sunglasses. Uh, cool guy. Survivor had really huge ratings and spawned numerous imitators in the reality competition game show. I do tend to think of Survivor as like the first major reality show. Although I don't think it's very true. Um, the so, real world generally gets yeah. the credit for it, but
2: Survivor was... When you say reality TV, there's actually sort of like two different kinds because Survivor was the first one to really make it like a contest was, show. Yeah. With contest, a game, yeah. game and show. points and yeah. eliminations. Something like so real world never had eliminations, so that's where you get more like you're like uh, the OC or Keeping Up with the Kardashians or The Hills or whatever, mm-hmm. but they were the first people to put a
0: gaming element to it. Uh, just a quick roundabout. On no large scale, at least. Quick roundabout on Richard Hatch. Uh, the season one winner was found guilty in 2006 of tax evasion after failing to report his survivor prize money to the IRS. Uh, didn't survive so well, actually. I guess it seems like kind of an easy one. Like you missed the layup on that one there, pal. Um, sentenced to more than four years in prison. Uh, did he really? He wow, went to prison. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, tax evasion. Found guilty. He didn't report his money. Prison prison, bro. Uh, So I did look up a couple lists of some of the worst reality shows to come out, and I came up with a couple names. I'm going to throw a couple of these out here, see if you guys have any thoughts or memories of them. What are your thoughts on, uh, do you want to marry a multimillionaire? Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Garva Conger? Do you remember her? That name sounds familiar. It was basically a rich white dude named Rod Brockwell was like, I have a ton of money, someone should marry me. It was like, it was a dating show for old people who wanted money. It okay. would be really popular now, I feel yeah. like, in this current uh in this current climate. I, I would love to marry an old I woman will. with lots of money. Uh, how about one called uh The Swan? Do you oh, remember this I show?
1: I thought that was sad where they took women who were, you know, fairly unattractive and yeah. did plastic surgery and everything to them and made them
0: extreme makeover but yes. for your face. Yes. Yes. It was really like and a their whole body,
1: they did liposuction I watched yeah, it. Yeah, they
0: mangled people. I watched that was it. It was a weird show. Uh, also I said Cheaters which is sort of vaguely
1: I kind of loved that show
0: <laughs> Cheaters is the gun She's reality show I,
2: with uh, Joey Greco I, yeah
1: you got stabbed that was pre- not funny.
2: Joey Greco the weirdo for me shooter but Joey
0: Greco the host of that show now, that out. was
1: like my favorite show I still watch it when it comes
0: on uh, and I will say this and I'm going to throw it out here because I, I, I bashed on a lot of these I've watched a couple episodes of Dancing with the Stars. It is pretty fun to watch. Yeah. I do like that dance Any time the they put on like a production show like
2: that, I've seen I've seen those before, and like I like I like performances. I yes. like when people perform things live, be it a dance, specifically music or singing. Like I think that the audition rounds to the Voice are pretty cool. Yeah. I don't go out of my way to watch them, but if they're on, I certainly mm-hmm. like don't turn away. Yeah, that's if I was funny. flipping through the channels, I would stop and watch that for a while. Flipping through the channels is like still a thing. Did you like American Idol? Not as much.
1: I like it when it first came came out. out, When when it first came
2: out, I was a little bit swept up, like when it was a new thing and not everybody was doing it. But American Idol focused too much on people who weren't great. I'd rather see good people
0: perform really well than see people do horribly and just get made fun of. Yes. There was actually one that I looked up that I didn't remember. It was called Are You Hot? Mm -hmm. And it was basically just a show where you stand up in front of judges and they say, are you hot? I feel
2: like I picture that show being spelled
0: letter R, letter U, word hot. H-A-W-T. I've never T. seen yeah. this, but that seems like the way
2: the people who would make that kind of show would spell it.
0: So there you go, reality television. That's the end of history lessons. Uh, by the way, you, you shouted out Colin and Chrissy earlier. I have a story for them that I found very interesting today. Uh, Heather, you're you're a new mother as well, ish, right? No, no. You, you don't count it. You're a veteran no, I mother. No, yeah. I'm a new mom. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is a story about uh, science. Uh, <laughs> scientists have discovered a reason why babies cry at night.
1: So that you. Okay.
0: When babies cry at night, exhausted parents scramble to figure out why. They're hungry, wet. Apparently, uh, babies demand to be breastfed in the middle of the night are preventing their parents from getting pregnant again. This is an evolutionary tactic because if there's another child, that child will take away the resources. It's ingrained in them, they don't know any better.
1: It, no, you don't like it? it kept wor- shaking his head. It worked for me. <laughs> yeah. I never want another one again. Since I baby- don't
0: think it needed any help for you. <laughs> 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 uh. Uh, another baby, yeah, another baby means having to share mom and dad, so babies are programmed to do all they can to thwart the meeting of egg and sperm, as the theory goes.
1: I've heard this theory before. Uh, know, I just think they cry because they're, they're hungry.
2: I mean, here's the thing, like, you can still, without getting too deep into the, the, the weeds, you can still have babies when it's not nighttime. It's yeah. true. Wow. You can you you can people can can do sex and get pregnant oh, during, during the, the night, day, yeah. Heather. Well, I think I
0: was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, really? What? Wait a minute. <laughs> what is this sorcery? Is this <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, shout out to uh, to Colin and Chrissy. Well, good luck.
1: Good luck. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say.
0: The woman with seven kids is like, I didn't know you get pregnant during the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <so laughs> this is a news story that. I want to know more about. I just wanted to share it with you guys. This is the headline. <laughs> I, okay, drunken woman allegedly swims up, bites fisherman's line. <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> outstanding.
1: That's uh, the best one you've
0: St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, it wasn't exactly to get the catch a Florida man was hoping for. Twenty uh, two year old woman cursed at him before swimming up to his fishing line, biting it, and swimming away with the rigging. <laughs> I'm so curious what? as to what she said to him. What? There wasn't more on this story. Just woman angry at pier jumps into water, steals man's fishing line by eating the bait and swimming away. Only I, in St. W- Augustine? I want more. <laughs> uh, and like I said last week, go to St. Augustine, go to the alligator farm, go check out the, the shark fish people <laughs> at the oh. pier. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I need more on this story. No, but for real, stay out of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing there for you. Uh, Heather, you sent me a funny story today I wanted to talk about. Uh, I don't normally talk about uh, Twitter feeds because Twitter like, Twitter trends are kind of funny. Anytime I watch anything, it says it's the number one trending thing on Twitter. Did you ever notice that? And it's obviously not. It's like extreme 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 makeover, number one trend. It's like, no, it isn't. I'm just on Twitter and it's, <laughs> it's, it's something thing. else. Uh here's a good one though. This this hashtag was around all week. Uh hashtag worst music for a funeral. And it got some really good results. Uh I was gonna read through some of them. But can you guys think of any terrible funeral music before I Dons. Tons! Tons. Here's a couple I got in here. Uh obviously staying alive. Uh, another one bites the dust by I Queen. feel like
2: that stuff is funny, so it's not the worst because like the people are really be like, ha ah, that rap scallion,
0: he's something else. Let the bodies hit the floor. It's a good that was, one. That's, that that's, bad that's bad music for everything. That's bad music for any situation. Uh drop it like it's hot. There's a good one. <laughs> uh I like this one a lot. Someone just wrote Pitbull, because Pitbull is the worst music <laughs> for any occasion. <laughs> Which is not true. No. I can't feel my face by the weekend. That's actually a really good one. That's really bad. Um, it's the final countdown. Wake oh. me up before you go-go. Oh, and finally, uh, Ding Dong, which is dead, which seems kind of on the nose. Uh, I'm trying to think of one that I would want, like, I guess, like... Uh, thriller. Thriller. <laughs> Thriller's Aww. pretty good. I just, like... I don't know. Maybe something like the Sopranos theme song. Just something to really let know, somebody know that I was cool before I died. I don't really I don't want to think make a the state Sopranos theme song would make people think you were cool. I think it no. no? <laughs> what song is this? <laughs> what is this broken up Bruce Springsteen knockoff? Um, so I got called out this week, guys, and I wanted to share it with you for not. Oh, you got called out. What a surprise! Yeah, for not uh, agreeing with the fact that I'm a millennial, right? Like you I was, are. Yeah, apparently we're all millennials. No, here. no, we are.
2: I'm saying you are. I don't Heather
0: might I'm not be. not.
1: I'm not. Heather's actually I'm one not. year older. She's in the
0: forgotten generation. I'm forgotten. Yeah. The right. forgotten generation everybody know. Well, according to the article, you're, I've seen a lot of I've older. seen a lot of arguments. Apparently anyone who was born between 77 and 94 is a millennial. 77 is ridiculous. <laughs> 77 <laughs> that's seems that's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. So that is so a
1: millennial awesome. now. Now it's changed.
0: you can't no. be 33 when the millennium turns no. and call yourself a millennial. Uh It's like 85. All right. Well, earlier this week, uh, chain restaurant Applebee's gave up on millennials. It said it's giving up on millennials after a failed rebranding. Oh, I did math
2: wrong. It was only 23 years. Mm. Quick math when I don't have it on paper is tough for me.
0: (laughs) Stupid millennials. 23, maybe 77 is a millennial. Uh, You're welcome, Heather. Thank you. Uh, Applebee's announced this month that it's going to close more than 130 of its restaurants by the end of this year. Uh, and it did attempt to rebrand itself as a modern bar and grill. And they tried to lure a more youthful and affluent demographic uh, by changing up their menu with items like barbecued shrimp in sriracha lime sauce. Which I don't understand <laughs> what reason you think you're
2: going to get affluent folks to come in for an $8 steak.
0: I don't understand. Like. I mean, look, I don't think... I think this is not just something aimed at, like, young people not going out to eat. Applebee's has taken big steps
2: to, to counter automation in the workforce. Mm. Think about all the microwaves that are out of a job
0: now. They've closed <laughs> all these different Applebee's. Uh, do you feel like there's – how could – all right, let me ask you two guys then. What could Applebee's do to pull you back in? to their, like, fold. Is there anything that Applebee's could do to present themselves as a place you'd want to go to for think, any of you guys?
1: Honestly, um, if I had to pick one thing, I think if they brought in, like, from their local community, as in if they had a set, like, one menu thing in every area from Applebee's, that was from a local, like... The something. local section. Okay,
2: but so, so wait a minute. So what would you do here to put on the Applebee's menu? Oh, I'm
1: not going
2: to do it. <laughs> I mean, just like with, like, no, but like with something... No, I
1: mean, if they're... You're right.
2: Because I, mean, I feel like the idea is if Applebee's comes in and like, hey, we're opening Utica Applebee's. We've got chicken riggies on the menu. I'm not going to read Applebee's for my chicken riggies
0: because you've already got the places. For You'd it. have to do the thing that's like, oh, we're making this Brio sandwich.
1: Well, you're saying Utica if I had Red to pick buns. something, like, or, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. that's what I would say. But would I recommend Applebee's? No. Could they change? I don't think so. I think that.
2: Um, yeah, I think they'd Stop microwaving crap food.
1: Yeah.
0: Like get your food back. but that's, that's what it is. That's your marketing. They all, they all that's
1: right kind right
0: of food. what Domino's did, isn't it? Domino's is like, hey, we know that our food is crummy, so that's our marketing campaign. We're gonna make less gonna crummy make, food. Make Domino's great again.
2: Yeah. Um. <laughs> make, make Domino's okay again. Oh, okay-ish. But no. So it's interesting. I have. Um. I've got. I actually, I could have a lot of thoughts on this because I've worked in chain restaurants, yeah. and so I'm pretty. And I've known people that worked in all of them. I'm privy to a lot of the things. Um, Applebee's isn't like Applebee's. The problem isn't like, oh, I would never go to Applebee's. It's horrible. When I'm going somewhere to get something to eat, Applebee's just isn't really on the list. It used mm-hmm. to be near a restaurant I used to work at. So a lot of times we'd all get out. We'd go to the bar at Applebee's because we knew the bartender and we would order a whole bunch of apps and we'd have a bunch of drinks because they were like two for one happy hour. We always had a lovely time. Always had a good bill. There was nothing wrong with it, but it was convenience. It was right near us. It was right down the street. We knew a bartender. But realistically, if I'm going out, especially, you know, if I'm going out two, maybe three nights a week, if one to two of those nights, which is a stretch, is doing dinner, I'm just not going to pick Applebee's. You know what I mean? I think that's why you see all of these chains and fast casual places struggling a little bit because a lot of people especially closer towards urban population centers are moving towards they want the stuff in the neighborhood. They want the stuff that's local. They want the place. People are more conscious about real food. What's in their food? How's it made? Everybody's a foodie
0: now.
1: And where they check in at? They don't want to check in at Applebee's. No, you can't check in at Applebee's. They want to check in at like Emmys or something like that. Something cool. Exactly.
0: Uh, Applebee's executive John Sawinski uh, talked about this saying that from his perspective the pursuit led to decisions that created confusion among core guests uh, as the Applebee's intended audience, like the people they were aiming for, didn't show in, Mm. and it scared away the audience that was already there. Yeah, they
2: should double down, uh, a.k.a. the... um, That's what happened to Space 26 back in the day. Yes, it did. Believe it or not. Um, It's true. It's true. But no, yeah, they should go back and stay with their target audience, stop trying to court the quote-unquote cool kids. Mm. But I think that... uh, go ahead because I just yeah. had a point to make and I'm going to get it in a second. Well, it's was no, really good, but I lost it to say that. Well,
0: it makes a point because Applebee's has already started talking about this. They're doubling down on their all-you-can-eat specials and their two-for-twenty stuff because that's sort of what they're – that's been working for them. They need – they
2: should keep doing that. They should give more options, make it a little bit better. But I remembered the thing. If you want younger people, this is a huge part of it. You have to get a better bar. Oh, yes. One of the things yes. I would always realize when we went to Applebee's, and this is the same, it's endemic to almost almost any one of the chain restaurants with the exception. I will actually shout out uh, Uno Chicago Grill for this because they're very good about doing the opposite of most of the rest of them. But the Outbacks, the Applebee's, everybody like that, yeah. their draft beer lineup specifically is terrible. Yes. It's like Bud and Coors and Labatt and mm-hmm. smate, like Sam Adams and maybe a Blue Moon and like a Stella and that's about mm. it. And I'm not even saying you have to go everywhere you go and get, like, a local super, super micro batch. But if you want younger people, nobody's out here drinking piss water beer. Like, find me a nice mid-sized brewery. Get me, like, okay. a Goose Island or even a Harpoon Ooh, IPA yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like, get some options for your bar because your bar is trash.
0: Yeah. Uh, Applebee's not the only restaurant chain struggling. Uh, Ruby Tuesdays, Fridays, and Chili's are also restaurants that have shown uh, weak results. Basically what the argument is that consumers Ruby are saying. I, fer- I was just going to say, I forgot.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't really
0: exist all the, basically the idea is consumers feel like the food products are all the same, decor is the same, and the prices have gotten pretty high considering what you pay, you get for what you pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I want to I want to focus in on something. Uh, this idea of blaming the millennials for like killing mm, these the, institutions. Did you see that collage that kid made? Well, I have a list, actually. Okay. That I, I've pulled up some research here, uh, and these are uh, a list of things that millennials have been accused of killing. So I'm going to run through a couple of these things, and we can discuss them. Some guy like. made a collage of like probably a lot of these headlines and
2: others. It's really interesting. It's been going viral like last week or so. Just check it out. Mm. So here we go. Number one. The nine-to-five work week. We've killed that. That's all our fault, apparently. It's because we're working more because we're not getting paid enough and we've got predatory student loans.
0: Yes. Next question. Uh, focus groups. <laughs> uh, Americans in their 20s and 30s are too cynical to reveal their hopes, dreams, and buying habits to advertisers directly. So the idea of focus groups is taken a big hit. Because we think for ourselves and we're not cattle because we realize the world is a joke because we have predatory student loans. Next question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number three. Uh, dinner dates. Uh, with a ceaseless mix of Tinder swipes and okay Cupid matches, millennials have uh, essentially given up on dinner dating. We can cook you Gen X bums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Cruises. Uh, millennials aren't exactly accused of running for, uh, ruining cruises, uh, but they haven't been too supportive of the industry. Apparently the entire industry's taken a hit in the last like 10 to 20 years about people going on cruises in general. Oh, um, <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe this is real. Are you guys ready for this one? <laughs> Napkins! <laughs> millennials are giving up the paper napkin with 86% of people saying they're opting instead to use paper towel as napkins at the dinner table. Uh, apparently, there's too much waste.
2: God forbid we don't kick the ecosystem to shit as
0: hard as we can, <laughs> baby boomers. Uh, running and golf have also been things that apparently millennials don't like. Uh, running? Yeah, running. Really? Apparently like, I don't know why
1: people like
0: running. Uh, Nobody likes running. They're still doing it. <laughs> Uh, despite being the lar- the largest living generation and traditionally the largest share of runners, 18 to 34-year-olds uh, made up only 33% of runners in 2015. So there you go. That's their, that's that's their what argument. What are even asking? Uh, golf. Uh, soap bars, which is bull because I love bar soap. I'm, I'm only I'm, I'm I'm back, back. I'm back in, in on bar soap. bar soap. That one's bullshit. No, they, but you know what? I bet a lot of people buy body wash
2: because I was a body wash guy for a clean 10 years before I got back in on soap bars in the last year or two.
0: Well, apparently millennials find bar soap gross with 60% mm. saying it's been covered in germs after use. Uh, I love it's bar soap. soap. <laughs> <We> <laughs> have you can't get soap, germs on soap. We have both. That's science. Can't get a germ on a bar of soap. Uh, it negates it. It's like rock, paper, scissors. Here's an interesting one. Sex. Uh, it seems that members I've of I've read yo- about that. Yeah, it seems that members of the younger millennial cohort are apparently oversex as well, despite being pegged as the quote unquote hookup generation. 2016 study published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior found fifteen percent of millennials had not had sex since they turned eighteen. Sexual revolution is quote unquote passe. I kinda I kinda get it though. Like we got Kids over, have more information. We got overstimulated by sex because we got that flood of internet. Like the internet when it like I, well
2: these kids these kids still yeah. have it like and so instead of I mean if kids I think back in the day kids if they were curious about human sexuality at all or they wanted to know more about yeah, it or think, see there was more of a taboo and more of a drive to go out and find out about yeah. it where now I mean half a Google search will show you anything you'd ever want to see and then yeah. some. And I think that that sates a lot of the people who are probably out being sexually active just out of curiosity or whatever other reason. Plus, we know more about, you know, procedures and things like that. We know more about
0: the diseases, the risks. That would make sense. Uh, Marriage and relationships, which are already – we already sort of talked about that. Ah, dumb. Dumb. Face-to-face interaction—that's for real. I get frustrated with that sometimes, though. That one what? we need to work on. That one is just I think that one's as our a culture. culture. Yeah, that's that one's not just us. That's you like, even, know that's not like, even just texting
2: and phones too. Yeah. That's like TV and screens as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: nearly four in ten millennials interact more with their phones than they do with their parents, friends, childrens, and significant others, according to a 2016 Bank of America study. But that's Bank of America. So. What the hell
2: is Bank of America doing conducting studies <laughs> on the habits of millennials? Uh, vacations and home ownership are also on that's this list. Predatory student loans. Nobody's got any money. None of us are getting paid. We're overworked. Nobody gets paid enough, and
0: it's a joke, and the boomers need to retire. This is one out of my like, vacation home. Here's what I don't understand. Wine corks. Millennials, apparently, are opting for cans of wine and bottles with twist-off caps. What the hell does that have to do I heard, with anything? I
1: thought corks were, like, um, hard to find. They are getting hard to find. Car- cork, cork is hard yeah, to like, find? That's yeah, so what I've heard. Like, they're using less
2: cork uh, because... People, you know, people have also realized you can put a cap on wine. I mean, cans are great. Cans are wonderful. You can just bring them out you put them in the cooler, do whatever. That wine
0: taste, though. I no,
2: this, really? that's one of the biggest myths. And this is something we talk about in the beer industry a lot. Like, people are like, oh, I don't drink it out of cans. It's got to taste... Oh hell, it doesn't. It's not 1953 anymore. The cans aren't made out of like zinc and zinc <laughs> or whatever the hell, like heavy
1: metals. I
2: mean, not I you're mean, not aging it in cans. But people drinking wine out of cans don't care about the vintage of aged wine either. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're just trying to crack
0: a cold one with the girls. That's all. <laughs> uh, this one makes sense to me <laughs> as well. Uh, the diamonds, diamond industry has struggled to woo millennials. Uh, you can thank Kanye for that. Yeah. Well, uh, it diamonds seems, from Sierra Leone. I <laughs> it's. Have a diamond. It seems like. The general consensus is that most millennials would prefer to spend their money on an experience like travel rather than an expensive good. Uh, 100%. Yeah. They continue, the young consumers increasingly shun the taint of conflict and exploitation, and the middlemen have been hit as banks balk at gemstones untraceability, according to The Economist, who I do trust. Yeah,
2: I, it's false scarcity driven up by a monopoly. The De Beers Company owns something like 80% of the distribution yeah. of diamonds in the world. Like, all you're doing is driving up these costs so you can make a lot of money, and you mm. put this social pressure on, you have to get one, or you're a piece of shit get
4: out of here well they also get out of here. they I'd also go to
0: Hawaii <laughs> they slashed their prices nine percent to compensate for this though so Nine whole percent if you want nine percent off your diamonds call the De Beers people uh and finally I don't know how I feel about this one makes kind of sense department stores I do kind of feel like a lot of department stores are closing I was having a conversation last week I mean retail spots
2: are closing everywhere but like I'm really' Buying stuff online, man. Yeah, I, I, mean, like,
1: I just ordered toilet paper last night online. I, would, I don't, I don't, that's go to what I was talking buy. about yeah, last week.
2: Think. I'm, I'm ready for like, I we, mean, maybe not fresh produce, maybe, but like I'm ready for household goods and grocery yeah, And We have like a
1: set list of stuff that comes to our house. It's uh, like toothpaste, all the stuff that comes every month. Like it's on a schedule. Mm-hmm. So,
2: oh, yeah, because you've got that big brother spy in your house. <laughs> yeah. The weird little home computer tracking your movements and selling your data and. Yeah, that's oh. right.
1: Alexa? It's crazy. Back she's,
2: in the 60s and 70s, like, you got to be careful, man. Big Brother's watching. And now it's like, hey, CIA, can you order me some more toothpaste?
1: No, we, yes. we, we'll, we'll, we'll do Alexa. add this to our shopping list. And she's like, Okay. Okay. No, I, okay. I think
0: you know there are certain things in technology not that no I not don't get it. I, don't. I haven't totally accepted certain parts of the new technology world yet. The one that I'm still thrown off by is the refrigerator that has the touchscreen on the front. That's like you need milk. It's no. like I don't want my fridge talking to me, man. I know, man. I was just in there. <laughs> I know, <laughs> man. What the hell? Why are you gonna
2: break my balls? I was just in there. I like would it. not want that. Well, that's, that's the same reason hell. I don't like. I don't need machines to talk to me. I don't have a use for it. Like, when I do GPS so in the car, I don't put a, they don't need to tell me where the left turn is. I mean, besides GPS, they tell you every 10 feet, like, in 90 feet, turn. In, 90, in 80 feet, turn. In 70 feet, turn. I
0: don't need the robots to talk to me. I'm too mm-hmm. sidetracked. I
1: need something to remind me that your turn's coming up. I'm just all over. I, I embrace it.
0: I'm one-way Corrigan. I know one way to get everywhere. So if I don't know it, I just have to use the GPS. Oh, I've seen him take some of the wildest one-ways to get places. We're yeah, one-
2: documenting those for the show. Where He's like, we're going from South Utica to West Utica. I'm like, why are we in Iliad? <laughs> one-way <laughs> famo. It's like, well, this is
0: the road, right? It's like all roads lead to Rome. This man. is a road, I guess. A row ad. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks again to Travis Oliveira of the Ilian Public Library. Check him out. Uh, midyorkpubliclibrary.org backslash. Ilian, uh, thank you too. Heather, follow us. Support your local library yeah, all the yeah. time. Cards yeah. are free. Taking out books is pretty free. Support the hell of your library. Of yeah, yeah. They're make libraries great again. Do it, do it, and don't wear a stupid red hat. Just go do it. Don't wear a hat that says "Make libraries great again." Actually, make them great again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, follow Heather on Twitter. Heatherwise1. Follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom or just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, SoundCloud, Maiden Utica, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's it. Uh, Woodstock Lives. Keep it tight. We'll be back soon. See you Monday. (laughs) See you Monday. Monday, Tuesday, Adam.